full access to RFR only on Patreon. Become a member of the RFR Patreon community to get more Rebel Force Radio. Bonus shows and content are available right now only at patreon.com slash rebelforceradio. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. All right, let's get it going. Rebel Force Radio in a rare live episode. We reserve these for very special occasions. You know, things like movie openings, uh, trips to Disney, and other times we can actually get the equipment to work. (laughs) <laughs> That's and, so true. But we're in luck, and uh, we've got a special occasion. One of the most happy, joyous occasions, uh, particularly if you're uh, in the United States, although others have tried to emulate the American Thanksgiving, but I don't think anyone does Thanksgiving quite like the good old U.S. of A. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We, uh, we've had a long-time tradition uh, here on our podcast to show our thanks and our gratitude to all of you, all of our listeners, uh, at least once a year by doing a special call-in show or some sort of kind of a dedicated listener feedback show so that you can share your ideas with us because we're doing that all the time each and every week here on Rebel Force Radio. And so the opportunity to hear back from you uh, in this fashion is uh, is really cool. It's very exciting. So we are recording live, and uh, we are taking your calls. And the number to call if you are in the sound of our voices live, the number to call is 708-866-1737. That's 708-866-1737. And if you're listening to this on recorded podcast, don't try calling because nobody's going to answer. I might. You might. <laughs> How long are you going to stay on? There's some lonely afternoons, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I just want to fill my time with some all Star right. Wars. All right, well, Jimmy and Mac will probably apparently be on all weekend long. Uh, no, <laughs> we've got it's, it's a big holiday weekend. Uh, as the of course, as this show is released uh, in podcast form, it is Black Friday. Let me take that back, huh? Let me find what you need. <laughs> when Black Friday comes, public credits. The public credits are no good out here. I need something more real. (laughs) You might be listening to us as you are going uh, over the river and through the woods 
to Walmart and Target you go or wherever you're going. Or maybe you're just up and you're in your you're in your jammies and you got your iPad on your lap and you're and you're shopping on Amazon, whatever you're doing. Uh, I'm sure that you are uh, surfing the web for some of the best and the newest Star Wars merchandise for all those little Padawans in your life, like Jimmy Mac. Oh, yeah, shopping. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, that has to happen, doesn't it? Ooh, ouch. Yeah. Uh, I don't go down. out on Black Friday. I just don't. No? There have been times in the past when I've been tipped off to certain Star Wars uh, like action figure availability on Black Friday, uh, but it's been years since mm. I've gone out on Black Friday. Years. Yeah, I used to do it as well. My my brother and I we had a tradition when my uh, our when our, our mom lived in Nashville for a while, and we would go down there over Thanksgiving, and we'd get up really every day, every year the day after Thanksgiving and go hit. Uh, all the stores, you know, you'd get into the, you'd go to the Circuit Cities and the Best Buy. Circuit City's not even running anymore. Circuit City and Best Buy and Walmart and Target and all of that and tear people's hair out and climb over each other all to get a $20 DVD player that was going to break the first time you tried to play it. You know, that's the thing about a lot of those doorbusters is they, they don't give you the best stuff necessarily. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Right. They just they just want you in there to get your money. And there's four uh, of them in the whole store. So good luck. You got to be there. But you know they keep moving the the time the or the store open times earlier and earlier. Now I don't know if you got if you've noticed this, but now you, they, they start to open up on Thanksgiving night. You yeah, know, Thanksgiving night at 10 p.m. Has that been happening for a while? I just noticed yeah. that last year. Yeah, yeah. I think get, that's get terrible. the hell away from your family as fast as you can. <laughs> <laughs> and spend no. your hard-earned money. You know, hey, listen, that's why we do this on a Tuesday night. So you have time to enjoy yourself and have time to spend with the family. So we're taking your calls right now live at 708-866-1737. That's 708-866-1RFR. And uh, we want to talk about all things Star Wars with you. Uh, we're turning the show over to you. This is our Thanksgiving listener appreciation show. And uh, we have nothing planned except to take your calls and talk to you live. And so well, we do uh, have one uh, thing planned. We do have one that? thing. planned. we have a very special guest. Well, I guess I guess we should bring him in. It is cold yeah. outside for this time of year. So <laughs> let's open, the uh, open up. Open the studio door. <laughs> all right. Come on in. All right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, he's my brother in the force. He's Jimmy's brother in the flesh. <laughs> I just gave it away. All right. <laughs> Billy Mac joining us. Yeah. Listener appreciate. Yeah. You know what? It's in, in- Billy Mac in the flesh, baby. <laughs> uh, in the flesh, baby. I'm here to screen calls. Is that what you guys? What do you want? What do you set up? Just go be- on the other side of the glass there. You'll see oh. the phone bank. It's- Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It's oh. all lit up. I'm telling you, gratitude is the key to happiness. As are, yes. as are low expectations. <laughs> yeah. Those two things coupled together. I'm very zen like that. I well, I appreciate that. I you know you are. I gotta say of the of the two brothers, you are the most unflappable. I don't know that I've ever seen you really uh, lose it. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm you. I mean, Jim. Every time we're doing like a live show, we're you know somewhere, and you know he thinks he can start plugging stuff in two minutes before we go live. Uh, I see him start to, to, but you know, you, you are very, very cool. So it makes sense that you would be able to channel 
uh, Billy D. He's, he's never in the line of Thanks, fire. Brother. You know, he's never in the line of fire. He's a, <laughs> I'm a good, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a good. Uh, he, he's good one of those guys who says to you, we'll be right behind you every, every step, step of the way. way. You <laughs> got it. You got it, pal. That's Billy Mag for you. But we need that. We need we that. Do. I'm willing to take all the bullets, of, as people have seen over the years. I'll, I'll walk right into uh, the hornet's nest, no problem. But Billy Mac, he's always there to uh, be our link to planet Earth. Because sometimes we go into hyperspace a little too soon before we've set all the coordinates into the Nava computer properly. <laughs> hey, that happens. We're only humans here. But uh, what, what brings us all together here at this uh, Thanksgiving table is Star Wars. Oh. One of my favorite things that's kind of been on my radar the last few days is uh, the comment I made last week about there being no glasses in Star Wars. So uh, that lit up some things online. And somebody gave me a bunch of pictures of characters in the Star Wars universe actually bespeckled. Oh. Uh, uh, well, the one that really caught my attention right away was people were sending me pictures of Maz Kanata. And uh, I, uh, I qualify what she wears more as goggles. goggles yeah. yeah, those aren't, aren't real, like, you know, traditional glasses. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, I gotta, I'm sorry. I got to push back. I got to push back. Not only are those glasses, they're like the machine that the optometrist uses to test what type of lenses you need. I mean, she's got right. like a series of lenses in there. Right. Better yeah, or the dials worse. and everything. Yeah, but I mean, it's they're still goggles. They don't qualify as glasses. They really don't. I mean, it, well, wait you a minute. Know, you, you, wait, 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 wait. What about those cheaters that uh, you, you see like uh, old folks wear sometimes, and they break in the middle? They kind of go around the back of the head. Are those goggles? What what constitute a goggle? When well, does listen, the goggle begin and the glasses end? Traditionally speaking, we all know what constitutes a pair of glasses, and what constitutes a pair of goggles. Maz is clearly not wearing typical glasses. Now, of course, she doesn't bear the same physicality as you and I, so perhaps <laughs> in whatever universe she's from, those are glasses. But those, but I'm she doesn't have any ears. Yeah. She doesn't have any ears. I'm disqualifying weird Maz's headset or whatever she's wearing. I'm disqualifying that. I'm looking for more traditional bespeckled characters in Star Wars. Well, she's speckled, all right. Maz does not qualify. You're talking about spectacled? Eyewear? Would you concede eyewear? Mm. What Maz is wearing? No, yeah. they're goggles. <laughs> well, they're goggles. goggles. All right. We're, we're, we're are goggles eyewear. Magnifying goggles. I don't want Bill, come on. Wait, 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 wait. Bill, well, where, do you, where do you come from? Bill, no, where do you come down on no. this? I, I, th that was my, my inclination, too, is that they're goggles. She looks really? like she just hopped out of the, the kiddie pool. <laughs> <laughs> so, more right, traditionally right. speaking, okay. Okay, a pair of glasses. You have, for example, Art Carney in the holiday special. Oh, You have, they're more like goggles from the old Marvel comics, Baron Taggy. He was wearing some sort of uh, eyewear. Wait, who is that? Baron Taggy from the old 70s Marvel comics. Oh, he's in he's in A New Hope, right? No, he's, he's You're not. thinking of another Taggy. Taggy, another Taggy. Oh, yeah, is that, oh, is that a common officer who yeah. this is like his, his cousin or something? He's, yeah, he's not more to be confused with uh, General Taggy. Yeah, you have yeah, that's you, what I'm you have Wilford Bremley. Oh, that from, guy looks like Count Floyd from SCTV. That's Taggy. <laughs> yes. 
He's like he looks like Count Floyd with the with the three D glasses. Okay. You you guys who watch, grew up watching SCTV knows that. Nobody is looking at these pictures, okay? Well, I'm giving him a visual. Looks like Count Floyd <laughs> from SCTV. You have Wilford Brimley from the Ewoks movies. Okay. Oh, yep. That's right. right. Oh, and now, he's got a cap on. Now, granted, well, there are caps. Yeah. Granted, these three do wear a form of glasses, but you're talking about the holiday special, Marvel comics from the seventies and the Ewok movies. This is like the most campy trio of Star Wars. <laughs> you could ever ask. For. It is. So of course yeah. they're wearing glasses. Now somebody did present. There are buttons the- and zippers in those things too. Yeah. Now, somebody presented pants, <laughs> leg warmers. What else do they, they got? On? <laughs> That's right. The little girl was wearing leg warmers. She's like punky Brewster in that thing. There is a character in Rebels who wore glasses, and uh, he looks really weird. Uh, but I don't. Wait, do you have him I on don't, the screen? Well, look, that guy right there. Do you remember him? No. I don't in either. Rebels? Yeah, I don't either. And he's like, can tell he's me kind of Lobot-esque. Well, I think so. I think those are like the Lobot things on his ears. Oh. But so glasses mm. in the Star Wars universe. I'm glad we're having this conversation. It's important. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's important because I'm just trying to kill time until we have a caller up on. We've, line, we've had so. callers. We've had God. You didn't. Why don't we just dive? Right? But you you left out you left out one other one though, which I think is the most important and the one that myself and a lot of our longtime listeners will just find unbelievable that you didn't remember. Are you going to say Doctor Vindy? Doctor Vindy. Well, see, I think he was wearing more of a. Goggle. Are you gonna say goggle again? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's. You have to. Draw I can't the take this anymore. Goggles. All right, we're gonna take yes. a call. We're gonna take a call. We've got uh, area code six oh five. You've been hanging the longest with us. You're on with Rebel Force Radio. Yo, six oh five. Hey, who are we talking to? Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Hear your dog hey, too. Doing great, man. How are you? What's up, brother? Doing good, doing good. Just yeah, shut up that dog. <laughs> yeah, I've got, got my dog here. Uh, yeah, I've got all the Armageddon. No barking. Got all the all the all the originals here. We got on on the chat. I recruited them for tonight. We got Saz and Luke, Star Wars Luby and all sorts of guys on here. Oh well, it's it, fun. That's great. This that's is cool. like oh, this is like old time. Um. Yeah, the old days yeah, when we like used to do the live guy. shows on UStream and uh, uh, what was the what was the one talk shoe and talk those were the shoe. days. Oh, yeah, Jason would get so mad at all of oh, us. I just had <laughs> those different things. Oh, it was just we would terrible. flip back and forth each week. But no, we had a lot of fun. We, I mean, that's really kind of what started this whole this whole thing. I think. Where the the listeners really started to find each other, where it was uh, those live shows. I think that had a lot to do with um, a lot of friendships being formed, and then going to conventions and you know meeting up with each other. And it's it's just yeah. it's just been awesome. So, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, I mean, I was, I'm just glad to be hanging out with my old buddies. You know, hanging out with the originals, I'm wearing my old um, Fan Days Three Fan Breakfast shirt right now. So. <laughs> Really living the memories of yeah, right. all these guys. <laughs> wow, man, that's what, so, yeah, something like that. That was a long yeah, time ago. We just ago. need Sheldon to start cranking out the three POs, and then we'll be all set, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, we'll get Sheldon out there. <laughs> so, so if well, anyone has a thirty-year-old yeah. box of cereal that they want to crack open and 
start eating in the middle of this show, we can monitor your, uh, at least your appearance and notify the authorities should that appearance start looking a little uh, bleak. Was that a real stunt? Did he really eat? Was there really cereal in there that he actually ate? Oh, no. That was Cheerios. It was not. Don't you tell me that all these years later. Yeah, no, it's probably better if you don't. It's it's very and I don't think Kaufman there'd be as. any. There's some, <laughs> Performance there's some theater, art. Theater of the mind at play I, I don't, that I, I want to hold on to. I don't think that that cereal would have actually still been any. It would have been dust. There wouldn't have been anything to chew. Yeah. 3PO dust. Yeah. Yeah. Not to. Not to burst Sheldon's bubble, but didn't Saint Sweet say that he had some cereal at one time and he opened it after years and years and it was like just a bunch of slime or something like that? Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. Yes. He did put it that way. It was, yeah. it was one goo. of the conventions. Yeah, it was yeah. goo. So, yeah, well, I don't think you want to be doing Crazy. that. Well, this it's has been to, a... It's hard to collect food collectibles, though. You know, it, that's, that's yeah. not a pretty hobby to be involved in because you find yourself hanging out over your kitchen sink emptying out a bunch of like uh i don't know spaghettios or something and cleaning out the inside of the can next thing you know you're cutting your thumb open you're bleeding you need to be taken to the hospital and get three stitches <laughs> all because you're trying to clean out a soup can to put in your collection it's not easy. I, you know, that's what I want to do is give thanks for all those who have collected food items to uh, add to their Star Wars collection over the years. These guys are unsung I heroes. Seem to, I seem to remember, Jimmy Mack, I seem to remember you emptying a chip bag or some sort of Frito or so, there's some <laughs> sort of or combos. What, what's this memory I have of you like cleaning out one of those the, bags the and chip. folding it up? Right, pop chips. Was that what it that was? Happened on the show. Yeah, people get really mad if you eat on microphone, even if you're goofing around. And I broke one of those cardinal rules and started doing that because pop chips sent us a bunch of Star Wars treats. Oh. And these pop chips things had a dust about them <laughs> that when it filled my lungs up <laughs> and made it almost impossible to speak for about five minutes. Again, the sacrifices at Star Wars. They're no longer a sponsor, by the way, in case you were wondering after that endorsement. It filled up my lungs with dust. Uh, all right. Well, what are you th- what are you thankful for this year? Uh, it, let's 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 ask you as far as the Star Wars universe is concerned and your your uh, you, you as a Star Wars fan. What are you the most thankful for this year? I'm just thankful for friends. I'm thankful for the memories. I mean, and you guys started it on well, like I. Fan Days 3 is where it started for a lot of us. And, man, I, and we've been like brothers ever since. It's like a big reunion every time. Um, Which one was I'm the Fan Days 3? Refresh my memory on Fan that, Days 3. That was the one in that in Plano, Texas. Plano. In that tiny place that was only like, um, it was, um, they had the fan breakfast at that one with, um, with um, I think um, Filoni was there and James Arnold Taylor and one of the things I remember them talking about, they were talking about like Floney was like, just wait till the next episode of Clone Wars. And it was landing at point rain. And he was mm. telling us about that ahead of time. And, um, yeah, it was a really tiny one though. And I, um, I remember there was like a little, uh, it was like a little, it was almost like a little mini mall. I felt like on the inside. Yeah, exactly. Of it. Yeah. 
It was. It was yeah. very intimate. Yeah, it was the, like um, I think people that that are used to celebration where you get you know thirty thousand people, they can't imagine having a guest roster the caliber of a Star Wars celebration. But in a little tiny space mm, yeah. where, I mean, you're, yeah. you're, you're going to the restroom together. You know, you're, you're <laughs> no, I mean, tr- truly, it was, I mean, you did the restroom op. Yeah, we had oh, that. Cool. That was, that was on our, we had that's the, in the VIP package. It's right? in the VIP badges. That, that yeah, was an extra $20 gonna, for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you, don't even get us going about the saber duels that were going on. Jimmy Mack used the <laughs> urinal. I, Jimmy Mack used a urinal right next to Mark Hamill in Japan. Well, yeah, it was just me and him. Did you ask yeah. him for his autograph? No, it was okay. <laughs> While he was standing there. <laughs> you know those things. No, I, he didn't have an extra hand. There's a very famous story about Paul Newman with that, but I'm not going to. We were in Japan, <laughs> and they had those wall air dryers that you see everywhere now. I think they call them like the hand blade or something. You right. actually put your hand into Dyson. the thing, and, and you you know, it's, it's like a, a thing you put your hand into. Well, me and Hamill had never seen one of these contraptions before in our lives until we were in Japan. <laughs> And there weren't a lot of things going on in the bathrooms in Japan that were very confusing. <laughs> but but hey, mm-hmm. me and Hamill both mm-hmm. said, hey, let's, hey, you know, we're in Japan. Let's try we're it in out. Japan, yeah. So it was the hand dryer thing that was the icebreaker with me and Mark. And uh, that's when I, I think I pitched him the idea of sitting down and having a talk on microphone and he seemed pretty open to it and then as i was walking by him about a couple hours later you know, somebody came and chased me down and said, mark, mark wants to talk to you i go mark who <laughs> <laughs> mark hamill are you ready to talk to mark hamill i go mark hamill wants to talk to me he's like yeah are you ready now i said i've been ready for 30 something years let's go <laughs> well that's cool so you had the you, you made the little proposition in the bathroom yeah. there and then and peter mayhew who was standoffish toward me in the early years of me trying to interview him. Uh, he saw me get pulled over to Mark's table and then go back into the area behind the curtains with Mark and everything. Yeah. Then the next thing you know, all of a sudden old Pete wants to talk. You know, like, you're, you're in the cool club. <laughs> Wait, that, that idiot who's I've told no interviews to for years is now talking to Mark Hamill. And then he uh and then you couldn't get Peter to stop. I mean, you know what? Peter has been well, I guess we've had him on the on the show many times and yeah, uh, yeah. told some great stories. But yeah, it was Mark Hamill was one of those that sort of uh uh, legitimized us there in the in the early days. But uh oh thanks for uh hanging with us and uh and calling us up, we'll move on to somebody else. But uh, nice to hear that you are thankful for your uh, the friends, and particularly the friends that you met through our little podcast here. We appreciate that. Who was much. it? I didn't catch his name. I, I, I asked a couple of times. I, the, the voice sounded familiar to me. But uh, every time he would say who he was, it was like he would drop out. So, Well, hold on. Let's, uh, who, who was that uh, there in the chat? Who was that? I don't see anyone. But, hey, you know what? Uh, our phone lines are open right now. Yep. It's 708-866-1737. Give us a call. Let's talk about Episode 7. Let's talk about that Darth Vader comic book. I wanted to talk more about that. We didn't get to it on the show last week. Let's talk about Star Wars Resistance, uh, Cassian, The Mandalorian, whatever you want to talk about. Give us a call right now. 
And uh, who was that who called last time? Please put your name up in the chat so we can uh, give you a proper Thanksgiving welcome. All right, All right. we've got uh, area code 402. Welcome to Rebel Force Radio. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Who's this? This is Chad from Rexburg, Idaho. All right. Chad, good to talk to you. You too, guys. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I just wanted to say that I am thankful for the announcement that we are going to be getting those, what was it, those next 12 Homeworld episodes, even though it will be next year. Ah, yeah. The Clone Wars save. Clone Wars continues. So of all the things that have been announced, that's the one thing that really uh, gets you the most excited as a fan? Oh, yes, sir. I think I cried about three times watching that trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. What are you most looking forward to to seeing? If you could only see one thing happen, one major uh, Star Wars event happen in those 12 episodes, what would it be? Ah, Well, since we already got that look with the uh, Squad 99 or Clone Squad 99, whatever that was, um, I would have to say probably the final Mandalore arc and how mm. um, it, I heard, isn't it supposedly supposed to lead like directly into the beginning where they fly off to save the Chancellor? I'd love to see that. Yeah, 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 we would too. There was even talk, you know, rumors that Clone Wars would eventually get into the same space where revenge of the Sith happened. And we might be seeing more repercussions from order 66, possibly even see some Jedi go into hiding and all of that. Um, I don't know. I don't think that got very far, uh, outside of just uh, mere conversation, if anything, but, uh, I think that would be a perfect, perfect way to conclude the series is to have, Anakin and Obi-Wan go off, you know, jump into those Jedi fighters and fly into the battle we see right after the crawl in Revenge of the Sith. Mm. That's airtight. That's airtight. That'd be fantastic. Now, the drawback is once you do that, you might not be able to have any more episodes of the Clone Wars because that is just a perfect ending spot. But if you go back to what I was saying before and have some events overlap with Revenge of the Sith and maybe even feature some Jedi going into hiding. Jeez, you could fill several seasons of an animated Star Wars show with stuff like that. Oh, so that, so it's a total unknown what period it's going to take place in? What, the Clone Wars? Yeah. No, it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue from where it left off in season six, presumably. See, I get confused about this. The show wasn't totally chronological right i mean they could feasibly jump around it a little bit slid right? into a more consistent chronology towards the end after no after season four really about season four is when it really became more consistent ah. and uh the dominoes fell the proper way well i mean anakin definitely looks a little bit different in this in the trailer i mean you definitely see him sporting more of that episode three vibe so i think we could be looking at a little bit of a little bit of a jump in time Probably not years, obviously, but certainly months, maybe a year. Maybe. Okay, yeah. so question for you guys. Um, yes. If, if it is, if the release of the Clone Wars save is as success, successful as we're probably all thinking, 
do you think they could go back in like y'all were talking about and you know it would mess up the chronological stuff again but they could just possibly insert those episodes in between i don't know like fill in gaps yeah fill in gaps or like you're, are you are you Chad? Are you saying do more? Are you saying if 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 these twelve are really successful, do more? Is that what you, you think? Exactly. I think definitely. You think that's a possibility? I, I think it's absolutely a possibility. I I think that the one the one concern I have, and maybe this is just me being you know a little too much of a purist or being a little naive, is that I want I, I don't want just anybody giving me Clone Wars. I want Dave Filoni giving me Clone Wars. Uh, I don't. I, I mean, there, that show was so special. And what made and, and granted, it's not without its criticisms. I mean, I you know, we, we reviewed every single episode, did full roundtables of every episode of the Clone Wars. And there were some episodes where, whoa, whoa, you know, what was that? But when it was when it hit, man, it was um, it was firing on all cylinders, you know, from the mind of George Lucas through the brilliance of Dave Filoni. And out came this incredible, um, incredible groundbreaking uh, animated series. Uh, what I don't want is I don't want. Um, I don't necessarily. How do I put this? I don't want the Disney version of the Clone Wars. All right, I'll just I'll just say it. I I want Dave Filoni and George Lucas's Clone Wars. So if if what we're looking at in these twelve episodes is stuff that was laying on the floor and they're they're scrapping and scraping it together and putting some polish on it and finishing touches because it was real close to being finished before, that's great. Uh, I I would love to see it continue, but I don't know how you uh, Jim and, and 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 Bill feel, but I have my doubts of how well they could potentially carry it without dave being intimately involved and without what, turning what, into I, resistance i gotta say i am very particular about dave filoni handling the story of ahsoka however i think there is room in the clone wars for others to come on board and tell the story in the same vein for which the series has always been consistently loved for you know i i think that i think that the foundation is already there. You don't need the guy who laid down that foundation to be there every step of the way. I think that Dave's hand is definitely, definitely needed when it comes to Ahsoka. Mm. And I think that's important to him. I think that's a priority to him. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I think the Clone Wars is big enough for other people to tell stories and other stories to be told, quite honestly. Let's face it. As a series, the Clone Wars didn't stay exclusively focused on just Ahsoka, Anakin, and Obi-Wan. It was spread around quite a bit to a lot of the ensemble. So I think there's even more room for that story to continue to be told. Like I said, maybe a Jedi going into exile. I know Dark Horse Comics flirted around with this idea of you know, spotlighting a Jedi who's out there hiding somewhere and avoiding the empire at all costs, eventually ending in a showdown or two with Darth Vader. That'd be cool. Yeah. I think there's potential in that Jedi exile. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I look, I mean, look at X files. They said they were going to come back one more season, do something cool, but it was, uh, 
It was enormously popular, huge ratings, and you know now it's going to be coming back routinely. They've already done another season since then. Uh, I, I, I think that it's definitely possible, and I think that uh, if it proves... Look, they, they want this... Obviously, they want this streaming platform to be a big deal and they're going to throw stuff out there and you know what gets the clicks what gets the downloads what get or the streams uh that's what they're gonna that's what they're gonna go after and if there's if the future uh or if the i should say if the fan reaction and receptivity to the clone wars continued is is real high I, i i think i don't think they're gonna say Absolutely not to that. It will be interesting, guys. I and thanks, Chad, by the way, for for calling and uh, the kind words. Um, it, I think it will be interesting to see if the show is able to maintain the quality that it was known for in terms of uh, you know the animation style. I and mean, we did see a couple, little, little glimpse. It does seem to be matching it, but um, you know that that we know that that show was not inexpensive to do. So this is um, this is you know, an expense and investment from Disney to do that. Even if it is 12 episodes. I got people in the chat who are agreeing uh, with you in the fact that they really want to see Dave Filoni continue to, uh, to guide the uh, storytelling on future clone wars. Uh, Shaz Bazaar definitely jumping in saying, yeah, Filoni for me. Um, by the way, our first caller, was Rich Brendel from Wisconsin, our old friend was Rich? Rich. Oh, we oh. know, we know Rich. <laughs> Rich hung out for with us for the last lot. Jedi. And oh. he, was, uh, he was in Why, I, why didn't he say so? Why he didn't, didn't he identify say so? I think he did, but it was it, his his call got gradually more clear as it went on. Gosh, so. Rich? Jeez. That was Rich, yeah. yeah. I mean, Rich is, Rich is like family, you know? He's like a cousin like that comes garden. over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. We got uh, area code 440. You've been waiting a while. Thank you very much for your patience. You're on with Rebel Force Radio. Happy Thanksgiving. What are you thankful for as a Star Wars fan? Oh, that's a good question. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Jason. Hey, Billy. Hey, Star Wars fans. Hey, um, Who's this? I'm, I'm not good. I'm thankful to be. This is Adam in Cleveland. How are Adam, you? Adam, you made it. Adam was going to see. Uh, I made it. He was going out. He, he, he emailed me earlier and he says, hey, I don't think I'm going to make the live show. My dad and I are going out to see Creed 2. Oh, can't wait to see That's Creed. Right. Oh, cool. Is that... the so you just got oh, back from the theater? That. Yes, I did. And there's, yeah, there's three franchises I try to see with him on opening weekend. One of them is Star Wars. One of them is James Bond. And the other one is Rocky. Oh, Who would have thought man. we'd get to see three of those? But now we're on like Rocky 8, same as episode 8. Oh, my God. So what did you think of Creed 2? Well, I think it was fantastic. And when you think about the way they've done Creed and Creed 2, the spin-off movies to the original Rocky franchise, and the way they've handled the character of Rocky, it does make me feel a little bit bad about the way our episode 8 over in Star Wars has handled characters like Luke Skywalker. <laughs> they, I mean, they really, they really give him his own arc. It's not his movie anymore. And it's not even technically a sequel, which is what makes it weird. It's a spinoff. But they give, they give Rocky a lot to do, and they give Rocky a character arc throughout the movie, and they give him a dignity, and, uh, and he's still a hero of his own story. And it's, it's, just, it's just dramatically different the way they handle the legacy of, of both those franchises. So it had me kind of reflecting on that, especially because I'm always seeing them with my dad. Now, I, I think uh, Stallone's 
actual influence is felt in the uh, creation of these films. I, I, now, I don't think he writes them. Oh, he wrote the first one. Did he write the first yeah. Creed? The, I, yeah. The, the, the oh, no, no, or the Rocky. Creed. The first Rocky. He didn't write yeah. the first Creed. Not Creed. In yeah. fact, yeah. Creed was, came to him with that idea. Ryan Coogler, of course, of, of, of Black Panther, he came to Sylvester Sloan and he had this idea. I think Sly still has a hand in his own dialogue and he helps yeah. with the fight scenes and things like that. But other than that, this is not, you know, it's not his idea, but his presence. The director shows the originator that. of the character wide birth and respect when it comes to how that character is portrayed in film of today. Yeah, it got me thinking about Lucas's involvement. Having Sly's involvement in the, in the series kind of keeps it true to the, the old series. And it made me think about having Lucas around in, in those conversations that you guys have been having lately. And by the way, Jimmy, I'm happy to talk to you about the Darth Vader comic, but, but before we got into that, I, I have this on my mind, especially coming straight from the theater. It's really good. You should check it out. Awesome. So, yeah, Creed, for sure. And, and I, I hear what you're saying with the parallels between the way his character is being treated as a legacy character compared to how Andy. Luke were treated. And, uh, you know, we heard Mark Hamill say that he did definitely put up some resistance and uh, throw out some debate about the way Luke was being portrayed in episode eight while they were actually going through the process of shooting the film. He just was basically told by Ryan, well, this is how it's going to have to be and outside influences be damned. Whereas with Rocky, I said it was uh, uh, who was the director? Ryan Coogler? Is that right? Ryan, he did the first one. This one was actually by Clevelander, Jason. It was uh, by a kid named Stephen Capel Jr. And he went to Baldwin Wallace over here. And, and so he got to do the second one because he, he made wow. friends with Ryan yeah. out in California. That's awesome. That's awesome. Didn't know that a BW grad has... Uh... Now, is this his first major film? This is his first major film. He did wow. like an independent film a few years back called The Land. And then this was his, just like Ryan's. It was his... Uh, his big film uh, with Creed, and then he got the Black Panther gig. So I guess the Stephen Cape, well, if he's on the same trajectory, he'll be off to good things. Yeah, maybe wow. he'll do a Star Wars movie. He did a good job. <laughs> do you think Stallone put up a performance that might once again get him nominated for Best Supporting Actor, like he was for Creed? You know, I don't think so. I oh, think, okay. I think a lot of that had to do with the plot line that he had in the first Creed. He was battling cancer in this, and and this one's a little bit more intimate. He's got some stuff with his son that he's working through, but it's not as Oscar Beatty, I don't think. And I don't think the the big draw of having him back and having him do this knockout performance is there this time around. So unfortunately, I think uh, he missed that boat in terms of finally nabbing that best supporting actor or best actor Oscar. But oh, he, he was did a great job. It's just probably not the type of stuff they eat up. I, I'm convinced they would never give Stallone an Oscar. I didn't even, I, I forgot he, he was. He got the Golden Globe. He was yeah, nominated. but that's different. That's different. <laughs> he's, I, I, did, I forgot he was nominated for that, yeah. that Creed. I mean, he's only been nominated. He was nominated for Copland, I believe. I, I might be wrong about that. And he won uh, an Oscar, you know, for, for, for Rocky, but not for, for acting. I think he, he got best script. And then I think he got another one for the best picture. Um, but I don't know. He's just one of those actors that I think, I think Burt Reynolds was in the same category at one time. It's like, I just think that that Academy, that Hollywood elite, they're just like, you know what? The honors that you were nominated, that's the best you're going to 
you're going to get, buddy. You know, so don't. And you know what drives me crazy about that, Bill? Because, you know, with movies like Star Wars and with Rocky, they, they don't mind showing it in the montage at the start of every Oscar ceremony or throughout. You see clips oh, of Rocky. Amen. Like, amen, oh, Adam. But they don't How true. <laughs> true. So you said you've been uh, reading the Marvel Darth Vader comic line? Adam? Yes, I have. I read the, the first Darth Vader series, but I've been keeping up with this new one. And uh, I've actually read most of the Marvel stuff. I dropped off at Dr. Afro. But yeah, I'm up to date on Darth Vader. Yeah, me too. And I just read the recent issue, which continues the story of Lord Momin, this uh, crazy Sith spirit that's inhabited a mask, a Sith mask. And Whenever anyone wears the mask, they get possessed by the spirit of Lord Momin. And so Vader has been essentially working with this spirit to build his castle. Yeah, big home makeover. And so the latest issue, um, the uh, story is continuing, I I think, for two more issues. And then they're going to they're going to put a hold on the Vader line for a little while. Um Hopefully not too long, because it's been a great title for Marvel. Uh, Probably my favorite. And so Vader has this mask, (laughs) and he puts it on a Mustafarian. And so the the spirit... Wait, what does the mask look like? I'm I'm picturing Jim Carrey. Uh, I haven't uh, seen this comic. Do you have it? It's a little bit like that. Have the book around here somewhere? Yeah. But, um, I think somebody stop there somewhere. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever he puts the mask on, it, it possesses. He can put it on a stormtrooper, and now the stormtrooper is moment. He can put it on a, a creature with eight arms, and that's moment. It's a little bit interesting. So the story gets conti- it continues in issue twenty three, which came out last week, and uh, I'm, I'm going to get into a little bit of spoiler territory here, um, just because I have to explain it. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! So the mask builds the first temple or castle for Vader on Mustafar. And um, what they're trying to do, Jason, is remember we were talking about this castle is supposed to be some sort of uh, locus into the dark side of the force that will be able to bring people back to life, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Now, as, as, I, as we further explore what's going on here, it looks like they're tapping into that sort of portal that was featured in Rebels when Ezra oh. went through the Right. Soka out and all of that. So apparently there's some way to tap into it from the dark side. And they're struggling with this. And they're using the planet Mustafar because it's this dark side locus. And Vader's castle is supposed to amplify the power of the dark side so much to the point where these this this portal can be opened. And uh, everyone's telling Vader. I can feel Jason's head exploding over right, the line. Right. <laughs> just, just wait, Jason. You're going to love this ending. Well, so in issue 23, they start going through various iterations of Vader's castle. The mask that's possessing the Mustafarian has the Imperials build this castle, and they try to use it to open up into the, you know, crack into the dark side portal. But it causes, like, this big lightning crash, and destruction happens, and so they fail. Vader gets mad, kills the mask wearing Mustafarian and then the next scene he gets a stormtrooper puts the mask on the stormtrooper and 
And so they keep doing this over and over again. It almost borderlines slapstick humor. Comical. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's it, you know what? It, it's a montage. They show each castle and then there's a new person wearing the moment mask. Then he kills that person and there's a new castle and then he kills that person and there's a new castle. It goes through literally a montage. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we, where did we leave off with the, the comic? I, uh, I, 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 well, we I, leave off that the really going to upset Jason. So they, uh, so I'm already upset. I, <laughs> it, takes, it sounds wait, like Adam's taking a lot of pleasure in pissing off Swank. This is crazy. <laughs> Go ahead. This is for all those mispunched. This, one, this one's really going to grind you guys. Uh, so so Vader, Vader opens up the portal, but then he gets distracted. Some of the Stafarians are attacking the castle. So he closes it's, it up and he tells Moment to, to wait here. And Moment's like, don't worry, I'm not going to do anything. Vader goes up there to, to fight, and then Moment opens up the portal, and out comes himself, because right now he's just a possessed mask on a body. And it out comes Moment's spirit, I guess, from this netherworld of the Force. And, right, right. and they, say, they say to each other, hi me, hi me, and then yeah. they join, and they become like, alive. That's like Bill and Ted. So, right, right. Hey, future moment hey what's up past moment what's up past dude (laughs) it it, it is you know what that almost is a nod to bill and ted so uh, so moment has basically manipulated the situation to where he's used vader's castle to amplify the portal to bring himself back so uh, so he's back so he's back to life right that's that thing He's, he's alive again Right, right. And so that's where the issue ended. So I, the next two issues will be a, a power struggle between Vader and, uh, and this and moment. Or the moment. living corporal moment. And then I think in the background there still will be that, that carrot dangling for Vader to open the portal and, and find Padme and bring her back. Is this going to be like Pet Cemetery where she comes back but she's all weird? And, uh, and evil and stuff, and she's gonna look like Tasha Yar from Star Trek: Next Generation. Maybe. No, I. I well, we don't know. I mean, the the uh, possibilities in the comic book medium are infinite. They, you know, oh yeah, so- they're infinite. All right. There's some kind of afterlife with Moment's dead spirit walking around, and when the door opens up, Moment's spirit sees it and can go through the door. That means there's some sort of life after death. Not to get too trippy, but I guess if we're gonna do Bill and Ted. We should do Bill and Ted. That seems like new territory for Star Wars, even beyond the time travely stuff in Rebels. Well, yeah, yeah. It, well, I mean, we're dealing with the dark side here, and uh, as we've always heard, you know, the dark side does reveal powers that Jedi consider to be unnatural, and, and light side users wouldn't dare touching. Ahsoka's was a little different because Ahsoka, she didn't die. She had, uh, you know, time travel gets complicated, but she had never. She had always gotten pulled out at that moment. So there was, there was a perfect time loop, I guess. Um, so she never died. She got pulled into that time loop. And, and then that's what always was going to happen. She always got pulled out at that moment. And, and in this case, this guy is dead. And he yeah. can come back. And now he's back. Thing. Lord moment. So to be continued, hmm. we'll find out next month. On the edge and- of my seat. You know what? I got to say, it's been a very entertaining run. I've enjoyed all 23 what do you feel about the, issues. Did, did you read the first uh, Vader run, Jimmy? Yeah, and so that was um, crossing over a little bit with uh, the events happening after the Battle of Yavin. 
And um, that's right. I don't know. There was something that felt a little off about there. It went from a failure in the Death Star and then how he amassed his fleet. I kind of like that one. I thought it was cool to see how he got the executor and and got back into the Emperor's good graces. There was some weird stuff with those cyborgs and shit, but again, we don't want to upset Jason. (laughs) I don't know. I think you have ulterior motives. I think you do want to upset Jason. I think you might actually be wearing that Lord Moman mask right now. I think you might actually be. Uh, well, I'm upsetting possessed. my wife right now by, by talking on the phone. No, it's 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 all right. I, you know, I mean, I, I get it. I just thought it was kind of fun back when, you know, the only people maintaining their identity after death were, you know, Jedi like Yoda and, and Ben instead of this kind of watered down everybody but you know what? can do it kind of thing and listen you've always been someone who considered prequel canon to be as legit as anything else i do i do in in revenge of the sith it is revealed between palpatine and anakin in that conversation they're having at the uh at the uh opera house about the uh, ability to cheat death no, I think that was in the Opera House. I think that was in Palpatine's quarters. But uh, the ability to cheat death was only achieved by one, and that was Darth Plagueis. And so we know that the dark side, by tapping into the dark side, you can find the ability to cheat death. Yeah, I still think that that was so manipulation. I, I, I don't know that we can take what he's saying there literally. I I, I think that it was... A lot of smoke and mirrors and manipulation to make Anakin believe he was going to. Yeah, any, he was, he was tempting him. Anything, yeah. He was yeah. just tempting him, and he and he didn't know how to do it either. He said, "Together, we'll learn." The yeah, secret. yeah, we'll figure it out together. And, well, oh, now you tell me that. I thought you had all the answers. It can't work out. It is too unnatural. I I don't think. God, I don't know. It's somebody I haven't read it, but somebody was telling me about H.P. Lovecraft. I guess it's the Call of Cthulhu book or something like that. Or all these tales about these characters that tap into these unnatural realms and it never works out for them. Never works out. <laughs> never works out. It never works out, never baby. Works out. Don't want to mess with that. You know? <laughs> works every time. <laughs> it works every time. Oh, you, you're, you're talking about the power of Colt 45. <laughs> Wait, do I have it? All right, Adam. Thanks, man. Appreciate it very much. Glad you were thanks, able guys. to uh, to uh, jump on the the call and listen in after having a good time with your pop, going to see the new uh, Creed movie. I guess you can't really call it a a Rocky movie. I mean, Rocky's in it. I mean, you know what Adam mentions, and and what really intrigued me about when he reached out to me earlier today about this was this idea that you know is. Is the sequel trilogy truly a continuation or is it more of a spinoff? I think it's a fair question. I know how it was, it was, it was promoted. I know how it was advertised. I know how it was, uh, you know, the, 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 the thinking that went into it. But if you were to, you know, if you were to just play this in front of somebody and say, oh, and then they spun it off into these movies, I don't know that anybody would know the difference. Yeah, that is that's a mind it's, bender, actually. Yeah, because, it uh, really is. I don't know how you define these things. I mean, it's like it's it's obviously the same universe. You you have shared characters, but what what? How does it become a spinoff? Here's another literary reference. Dickens. He has some characters that come in and out of different books. I mean, and nobody call. I don't think 
don't, although his stuff was published often in periodicals and stuff, and then they were later published as books. Wait, you know, so wait, wait, are you saying that, so like, he, that like like Scrooge showed up in other stories, or 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 Mr. No. Bumble from Oliver showed up in other stories? Yeah, there are some characters, yeah, that show up in. Oh, interesting. Books, they, yeah. they cross over. Yeah. They're all yeah, same. That's, that's but, cool. But I, but I don't know. I mean, you wouldn't really think of them as sequels. I mean, they're they're standalone stories. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, when when does too much time pass where it's not really a continuation? I mean, I suppose if these movies were made, you know, if there was a five-year gap between this and Jedi, I mean, I think you can easily say they would be sequels, Yeah, and right? I, I, think, I think Adam, I want to so put words in his mouth, but, but I think what he was saying was, like, the big difference, and this is, you know, of course, opinion, and we've got, we've, we've got the, the switchboards are jammed, so we're, we're, we're all full up, but uh, keep trying if you can't get through. Um, seven zero eight three uh seven zero eight eight six six one seven three seven. I think what Adam would say is that perhaps Luke was treated sort of in a almost exploitive way, where uh the character of Rocky in the in the in the Creed films is is given a little bit more uh, of his own arc, but yet at the same time he's not the lead. They're not kidding you. They're not pretending that he's the lead. So it, 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 the pill goes down better, maybe. Well, his presence is essential. And the word Adam used specifically was respect. Mm. Is there respect being given to the character? Well, I think there's more respect being given to Sylvester Stallone's input in the way the character is being presented, as opposed to Mark Hamill just basically getting told to shut up. So, um, <laughs> just set up well, I mean, you know, the, uh, well, I mean, the they I, did, they did. They told him the to shut I up. Hear they hear stuff to... about Mark talking, you know, wow. he, he definitely has not been shy about revealing that he did put up some debate about the way the character is being portrayed. Mm -hmm. And he also revealed that, uh, the fan base is probably going to react in a negative way. And he was just told, you know, Hey, this is what's best for the story. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I have no doubt. There's there's no question that Ryan Johnson really believed that. You know, the the afterglow of seeing the film, um, I was sort of, I was sort of, you know, cast under its spell. And I can also stand apart from you know my own uh, desires and my own biases and say and and say you know what parts of that movie I thought were executed very very well. And there was a, there's a there's really is a lot to like about it. Um, is it what's best for the character's legacy? You know, as somebody who has put a, invested a lot of uh, of, uh, you know, love and affection and time idolizing that character. Is it the best choice? I, I don't think so. I don't know many that would say it was the best choice. Mm -hmm. There are some out there, but I don't know well, many is, that would say in the realm of possibilities. Yeah, this is all entertainment. Yeah. So where's the entertainment value in having a reluctant Luke Skywalker who refuses the call of the force and, and the, the pleas of his friends and the desperate mm -hmm. situation of the galaxy? Where's the entertainment in that? Yeah. Now, I'm willing to say, hey, we've only heard 66% of the story. We still have 33% left to go. Let's try to keep open mind about all of this. But um, – it's it's it is the unfortunate legacy of the last Jedi. Even for people who enjoyed it, walking out like you, me, and Bill, and uh, other people we know. Oh, there were a lot of things I enjoyed about it, and I enjoyed a lot of the chances it took. But the 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 difference 
was really made in 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 uh, some having some time for it to digest and and also too not just comparing it to the legacy of Luke but what was set up in uh, Force Awakens. Um, you know, when I put those two films together, I, I do I, that. That's one of the most valid criticisms I think that I've I've heard and. I, I I do believe that there was just a lot set up. I thought Force Awakens, you know, was a beautiful reintroduction to the universe and the characters, and and uh, you know, I I feel like Last Last Jedi let us down on a lot of those fronts. But one of the things too, though, is that you know, they, they, you kept hearing this. I don't know if it was it JJ or was it Ryan Johnson who was saying this that they started the story meetings the script meetings with the question of who is Luke Skywalker. And yeah, uh, it, that, that is the question that JJ says and I lured, think him, lured him to the project. Remember, he first turned it down. He was offered episode seven. He turned it. Actually, I think he was offered seven through nine. He was offered the whole saga and he turned it down. And then uh, they went through a couple of others. Uh, they either didn't work out or turned it down or whatever. They went back to JJ and that's the hook when Kathleen Kennedy said that that's what we're trying to uncover here. Who is Luke Skywalker? And I'm with you, Bill. I, I, I thought, well, yeah, geez, what was I mean, the, I've still got two movies conclusion. and I don't know. Yeah. Luke Skywalker was always the guy that I rooted for, the hero. And uh, I, I just I he seemed know. very optimistic. I wasn't except for that one moment when yeah. he was trapped by Vader out on that gantry and he decided to jump instead of having to deal with Darth Vader taking control of him. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And it seems like Ryan Johnson is hyper-focused on that moment mm. and thus discarding all of the, right. well, the enthusiasm, the loyalty, the optimism that the character embodied, uh, the optimism uh, to discover his own potential. And what Jason and Bill, you both said that The Force Awakens established and set up so much but the last jedi basically took everything that the force awakens established and said it doesn't matter searching for luke skywalker doesn't matter searching for um uh, uh raised parents and the the truth about that doesn't matter well what does matter at the end of the day we're all happy luke came back uh yeah, there's a certain nihilism in that. So. Yeah, I mean, just there's so, there's so many interesting and compelling mysteries that were set up in Force Awakens. It, yeah, and, it's it's almost it like the lack to submit to fantasy and the the bullheaded desire to keep everything very rooted in reality. And quite honestly, that's not what I signed up for Star Wars for, was to be rooted in reality. I wanted to be removed from reality and taken to a galaxy far, far away. And uh, I, I think that that's a mistake for the franchise to go into, a, a more gritty, realistic Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, it fails. loses that escapism. But, and, I, and I am not, you know, I, I, a lot of people have, have zeroed in on that Kylo Ren line, you know, you, you, you have to kill the past and all this stuff. And I, I, tend, I still tend to believe that that, that was not the um, mission statement of the movie necessarily because you have to remember that that line was delivered by the bad guy. Um, and, of course, you know, those, those who 
forget the past or doomed to repeat it, as the old saying goes. So I, I don't think that was that was necessarily put out there as some kind of virtue that the movie was trying to put across. But on the other hand, um, what it, what it did do, I think. It's mission statement. If it had one, it's almost like, you know, if you go to like a frou-frou kind of restaurant and like you, you order grilled cheese and it's like, well, it's not a grilled cheese. It's our twist on the grilled cheese. You know, when you just <laughs> run a freaking regular grilled cheese, yeah. I mean, they almost yeah. seem like they were trying to reinvent the wheel by canceling out so much that was, uh, <laughs> you know, so much that hooked us in with the mm-hmm, force awakens mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean well, i know, really like look, the force if you awakens watch a lot. if you watch the uh, and we've got calls stacked up we're going to get to your calls here in just a moment but when you watch the uh the documentary there that's on the, the last jedi well, uh, ryan, just... ryan johnson is nothing but out and open and honest about <laughs> about this but and, and we've talked about it on the show here before but it it, it bears repeating that he goes through and he lists, he enumerates all of the major plot points, for the most part, of, of Episode 7. And says, and then I thought, what would be the hardest thing for the character to accept? And that's the direction he went. The problem is, the thing that's hardest for the character to accept is also the thing that's hardest for the audience to accept. And when you do that with every plot point, and you don't throw us a bone at all... Then you have a problem. What would be the hardest thing for Ray to accept about her parentage? That they're nobody. That would be the hardest thing. She she really thinks she's somebody. She's held on to this idea that that she matters in the grand scheme of the universe. I never caught that. But she's that nobody. Thread. And then I never caught that thread. Oh yeah, I he's real out there. Oh yeah. Now, what but would, I never picked up on that thread in The Force Awakens. She never was like, yes, and I'm going to go live in the palace with my family and live as royalty. She never no, 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 she, no, no, no. I don't was think... expressing was this to desire to them. be, yes, to be, to, to, to have that reunion with, with her family. She never said family, anything. Yeah. She never said anything about greatness and her, her lineage or anything yeah. like that. She never, ever. Well, Ryan Johnson seems to that. think so because he says the hardest thing for her to accept, the hardest answer for her in that cave would be that her parent, for her to hear, would be that her parents were nobody. Yeah, that's the hardest thing for, for us money. to hear. And, well, and that's, well, that's sort of my point, is but that see, when you make those choices for the character, that the audience is invested, and you're also making it for the audience themselves. Well, and I think there's this compulsion in a lot of you know art, so to speak, where where the the, the creators, uh, it's like okay, that's why that's why I brought up that who is who is Luke Skywalker uh, conversation because it's like you know in in them in him trying to upend everything so much, it's like you forgot the essence. That's yeah. what we want, right? You know, right. keep it keep it simple, stupid. Star Wars. There is a simplicity to Star Wars. It's very hard to define, but it's definitely a driving force behind it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and you know, and it's like, I mean, is the, is the point, uh, you know, trying to shock us, you know, a lot right. of, a lot of, right. a lot that, of that's not people... what Star Wars was ever about. Star Wars is never right. about shock and I, value yeah. and, and, I'm and not big surprises. Part, of course, no. the, I am your father. That's a big surprise. But in terms of the overall arc, uh, and the, the, um, 
the direction and the paths that the characters took, it was very, I mean, it was, it was, God, it was the definitive hero's journey. Star Wars at the end of the day is always, they've always been kind of popcorn movies. And I'm not saying they have to play it by the numbers. I mean, nobody thought Star Wars was playing it by the numbers when it first came out. I think a lot of film people, you know, saw that it was playing off of a lot of uh, tropes and, you know, kind of uh, uh, hearkening back to, you know, serials and stuff like that. But most people who watched it, I don't think, saw that. They just they just immediately identified with the characters. And but it was it, the whole thing was driven by a, a simplicity. I mean, it, it, the late. Gary Kurtz used to talk about this in terms of how the force was conceived, um, you know, and its purpose in the story. And uh, it, it just it, it it it's meant to be something that is 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 simple and universal and people can project so much into it. Yes. And, yes. and, and, and you don't have to. I, I guess the, what I'm getting at is that it's not about it's not about the purpose isn't shocking people. Nobody's saying you can't throw some shocks in there, surprises, but that that's not the that's not the point. You know, the point is this human drama that's driven by these very kind of simple desires that we all have. That's what Star Wars taps right. into. Shazbazar on the chat brings up this this little back and forth between Ray and BB-8. When Ray first meets BB-8 in The Force Awakens, and Ray says, "Where did you come from?" and BB-8 beeps, and Ray says, "Classified, really? Me too. Big secret." Did you guys ever jump on that little bit of back and forth, thinking that Ray was I actually being sarcastic, covering something yeah, up? No. no, I always took it as sarcasm. Okay, because right. she, I think she thinks that the droid is is BSing her. Hmm. She says, "Me too, big secret." Yeah. I never, I never, t- you know, felt like there there was any purpose in that little bit of dialogue. Like you guys said, I thought it was just sort of a throwaway line, uh, where she was just kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, maybe even being self-effacing by saying, uh, "Oh, you're so important, you're classified." Well, I am too, you know. But where big secret? There's no big secret about her at that point. You know, she's just a scavenger out in the desert. But uh, so uh, you guys don't think that there's any. Oh, sort I of, think uh, by the end, I think by the end that Ray is drinking the same Kool Aid as we all are. In that she's, and I don't mean this in a in a braggadocious or this, or you know that this is an arrogant way that, of her thinking. But I think that she's starting to believe that she's the hero of this story. Uh, by the end of episode seven, and that she's going off to you know big things, and she's going to learn her role in all of this. She, that's what she says. I need to know my place in all of this. And when, you know, when Kylo says, you don't have a place in this story, you don't belong in this story. You're nobody, you're nothing. That's the hardest thing for her to hear. And that's what, and so that's why Ryan Johnson made that choice. But he also made a similar choice for Luke Skywalker. He also made a similar choice or a similar path um for uh for for Finn and he just kept doing that to the point where it was like wow you've just you've just kind of chosen these people into you know I think areas or directions that aren't all that interesting but let's see what uh what you think we've got another caller here this is uh, area code 617 hello 617 who are we talking Who's to this? Hey there guys this is uh this is Frank up in Boston 
Frank in Boston. Hey, How are you? Frank in Boston. How's what was going, that? Guys? What was it? Greeting you just gave Frank. Hey, Boston. Wait, Boston. No, I'm Boston. doing New York. Yeah, yeah like cheers. It's bastard. W- wicked pisser. Bastard. There you go. <laughs> it's a wicked pisser. Wicked pisser. Wicked pisser. Right. Does anybody actually say that in Boston, or is that just something we we like assume? Like literally nobody. Put on the t-shirt. Yeah. Wait, but you do say. Do you say? Do you do you say rubbish instead of trash? No. You don't take out no, the rubbish? I'm, listen, I'm, I'm a transplant. I'm from New York. They don't like me here. I'm a Yankee oh, fan, so they don't oh, like to me. You know? right, you pinstripes so, on Yeah, that's me. That's me. Jimmy, you and I talked a couple months ago uh, over on uh, RFR Q&A. Oh, uh, We yeah. talked all about being a millennial versus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Frank, I'm not Frank. Frank. Yeah, yeah. You, you, now, you're a podcaster, too, right? I am. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I am. What's the name of uh, your podcast? Yeah. Oh, we've got we've got a network and it's called Thought Bubble Audio. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's us. We had a real good talking on RFR Q and A. That show's over at the Rebel Force Radio Patreon page, and uh, if you want to listen to it, all you have to do is become a patron. You can only, uh, you know, for just a buck a month, you'll be able to hear that show. We I have just listened of- to that. that. That was a great hour. Oh well, thank you, Bill. That yeah. was a lot of fun. Great stuff. A lot of fun. I- so, uh, so what do you think, Frank? What's going on? What do you want to talk about? Oh, man, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, imagine this weekend, you, you guys are sitting down, you're watching some football, and in the middle of the game, there's an announcement, right? There's an ad. There's going to be a new Star Wars holiday special this holiday season. <laughs> and my question, my question in this theoretical universe, you know, no, no holds barred. What characters would you want to see in it? What cameos? What musical acts? You know, in oh, sort of wow. compromising VR headsets. <laughs> hey, uh, Bill Murray, can we get him in there somehow? <laughs> oh, absolutely! In the bar. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! It has to be the same quality though of the 1978 Star Wars holiday special. Just I'm today, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure you could shoot at the same quality on your iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, a better quality on an iPhone? Are you kidding? Uh, I mean, between I mean, you, all you need is an iPhone and members of the five hundred first and you know Rebel Legion. You, you're going to have a much better quality production than what they had there. I mean, God Almighty! Um, Instead of Harvey Corman, I would cast Alec Baldwin. <laughs> I, would. Uh, I like that. I like that. Um, let me think here because the 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 tough one for me is who would play Akmina. Akmina. Which oh, was, oh, uh, I know the oh, so uh, the woman from Glee. What was her name? Uh, uh, Jane or Jan? Uh, you know, the, the blonde Jen Lynch. Jane Lynch. Yeah, yeah. She she would be a good Jane Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we have, uh, and then who would Bill Murray be? Well, he would be the Art Carney character, mm-hmm. right? Oh, he Art could Carney he could sure. be running the bar. He could be running the bar. As a matter of fact, here you know what no, I would love to that's see. Akmina. Akmina. Christmas in the Stars performed live, like uh, Anthony Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, da- no, Anthony Daniels, not in the costume, just him singing uh, Christmas in the Stars live and Bon Jovi doing R2-D2, We Love You, Merry Christmas, whatever that song is. That'd be great. Well, I think, yeah, I think John Bon Jovi does definitely need to reconnect. Acknowledge. With- <laughs> he needs to acknowledge and he needs to take responsibility for R2-D2, We Love You. So to hear his band play that, to hear Bon Jovi play a version of that, that would probably jump to number one, like on every chart ever. So, um, so in so we have Bon Jovi instead of Jefferson Airplane. 
I, I'm actually, for whatever reason, I or starship, starship, starship yeah. not airplane. Um, for whatever reason, I, I I feel compelled to write this down. Uh, no, wait a minute, um, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't know that that was. I don't know if this was Frank's question. I mean, Frank, what you guys seem to be doing is like a literal recasting of the original. I think yes. Frank was like saying, "Look, if you could have a new holiday special." Who would be in it? What characters? What 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 Wait, era? No, there, no, isn't that no, what it was? There's no live performance of Christmas in the Stars. That's never been done. That would be brand new. Daisy okay, would, all right. Well, you would definitely be new. Daisy would have the Leia yeah. role, and she would sing the song at the end. Right. Wait. Well, are you? Are you well, why are you just wait? Well, why are you just re, why are you just remaking it? That's what I'm doing, guys. This is a remake. No new features. We need new features. We need yeah, we need new stuff. Well, that's not cool. See, I would say I would set it I would set it right in the Clone Wars, man. I or 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 maybe during the prequel era. I want to see the Christmas party at the Jedi Temple. That's what I want to see. I want to see Mace running around with a chandelier on his head. Things getting a little wacky, things getting a little out of control. You know. I want I want to so, see I want to I, see Yaddle and Yoda, you know, having uh well, never mind. But you know what I'm saying? You know, those, Dude, those, those office party mistakes that you make? Right. <laughs> so it's the Star Wars Christmas office party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What it be, all right, for our, our revamped. In the Jedi uh, Council. That's what I would like to see. Right. Okay. All right. So. Yoda with a lampshade. Yoda with a yeah. lampshade. <laughs> so what's Jar Jar Binks going to be doing all of this? I mean, what, what's well, what he always does. Just. Just ruining the whole thing. He's the guy that ruins the whole party. Frank, I bet you're real happy you called, aren't you? I, this is more than I bargained for, but I'm, <laughs> on, I'm on board for it. This is more than I bargained for. Well, what about you, Frank? Let's turn it around on you. you all right, You get cre- full creative control of a new Star Wars holiday special. What does it look like to you? Well, for sure, for musical act, I think you know because of the Star Wars connection, you have to go with Fallout Boy, right? Oh yeah, okay. I could see that for sure. They're big fans, huge fans. Yeah, right. so we need we need to have we need to have Fall Out Boy in the uh, in the VR environment. You know, maybe we need to have some. Uh, uh, maybe we need to have your uh, your uh, NFL friends uh, uh, sit in there. Uh, we need to have we need to have a a, a, a modern a modern version of it. But I but I like the I like the uh, you know, Christmas in the Stars uh, aspect of it too. That's a good that's a good piece. I'd, I'd keep that for sure. Well, what would be the through story, though? Are we bringing back? We're not bringing back the Wookiee family. It was going so to be the Coruscant office party, I thought. Oh, okay. Coruscant office party, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of like Playboy After Dark, but just on Coruscant. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. Have... Fall, Out, Fall Out Boy would be the house band instead of Jefferson <laughs> right. Starch. And it's not all black and white, and everyone's wearing tuxedos and smoking. It's It's perfect. And the uh, the animated feature would spotlight Kitster, and uh, he's got yeah. the limo at the beginning, right? <laughs> it pulls up, and out comes Kiz- Kitster. It's the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> Office party. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, so yeah, it'd be it'd be fantastic. Three um, PO, no Lobot, of course, would be the DJ. DJ Lobot. We'll bring that one back because it was stolen from DJ oh, yeah. Elliot. The second mm. Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy saw that at the parks. 
DJ Lobot, she almost had a heart attack. She's like, what the hell? So you never saw a DJ Lobot again. <laughs> That's a true story. That's a oh, true is that story. right? She saw that and was freaked out. Oh, man. So we'll bring him back naturally for the uh, yeah. for the holiday party. Uh, well, Frank, hey, thanks for calling, man. Appreciate it. What do you let's ask you real quick. What are you thankful for as a Star Wars fan this year? Oh, man, as a Star Wars fan. Well, every year I'm I'm thankful for uh, just the fact that George Lucas is Baron Papanoida and he will forever be <laughs> a, a blue uh, a blue royalty. Um, I'm thankful uh-huh. for that every year. Does that count? Yeah, absolutely. I'm thankful for Baron Papanoida okay. as well. That's yeah. pretty important. All right. Frank, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> thanks for Frank calling. Emmanuel. Thanks, Thank Frank. So uh, let's jump here. We've got a, t- a 215 area code. They've been waiting for a long time. Uh, who? Uh, thanks for calling Rebel Force Radio. Who are we talking to? Mike from South Philly. Mike, Mike from South Philly. Philly. All right, man. Mike, Mike's, yeah. Mike's been lighting up the uh, RFR voicemail hotline lately. Uh-huh. I recognize Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mike was oh, well, just at Rancho Obi Wan, I think. Weren't you just at Rancho Obi Wan? Yeah, I was there. Uh, I was there about two weeks ago for my uh, my anniversary. My wife surprised me with a trip down there for the first time. Great, great. So, what'd you think? Uh, it was it's everything you guys have said. It's been. Uh, I, it was a uh, kind of unbelievable. Just, uh, I mean, just see, meeting Steve was crazy, but uh, just seeing everything like that in one place and the. Hearing the stories during the tour and everything, it was it was unbelievable. Yeah, that's and all- uh, before we went down to the before we went down to the ranch, we actually went to Lucasfilm too. That was my first time there, and seeing the Yoda statue and the fountain and everything. That was uh, that was I, every Star Wars fan should definitely uh, make a pilgrimage out there to both those sites. It's definitely worth it. Absolutely, there's a lot of great stuff around Lucasfilm too. I mean, you're you're close to Golden Gate Park, and Presidio is just a beautiful area in itself. There's the Disney family. Yeah, we, so just you know, yeah, go there and the take your selfie with the Yoda statue, and then there's a lot you can do. But uh, the no- number one thing on my list, as always, is making that trip up north and going to Rancho Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely worth it. Absolutely, uh, something everybody should see. But uh, What's on your What's what on your mind tonight, Mike? About. Yeah, I, I, well, I wasn't sure calling, but listening to you guys talk for the last hour, there's so much going through my mind that I like hearing you guys talk about Rocky. Obviously, being from Philly, yeah. Uh, I'm going to see go. that Black hey, Friday. I'm so- sorry about the and, Eagles, uh, man. Ah, uh, please. Hey, listen, we got our championship last year. It's all right. We'll be okay. <laughs> that was a tough one yesterday. <laughs> Well, not yesterday. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's 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 been brutal. This whole season's been pretty bad. Even the wins have been brutal. But. uh uh, listen, hearing you guys compare that though, like hearing them, the way they treated the, the Rocky character compared to the Luke Skywalker, that made me think of so much stuff because it really is night and day. It's completely different. And uh, I, I wasn't a Last Jedi hater, but I feel like as times go, have as time has gone on, and I've sat with that movie and just what it's kind of done to the fan base and and thinking of that and. Uh, you know, I, did, I was born in 84, so I didn't get to see the original trilogy when it was new in the theaters. Um, I got to experience the prequels as a teenager, so that was great. But when they announced the uh, the sequel trilogy and the original characters coming back, I was like, I, I couldn't believe it. I never thought that would happen. But then I also thought, like, well, this was my chance to see something similar to the original trilogy on the big screen and live through that and anticipate each movie. And then seeing how it all came how you know 
Han dying in the Force Awakens, I kind of just expected that because of knowing so much yeah. behind the scenes with Harrison and everything. But the more I think about the way Luke was treated, it just uh, it, it just it makes less and less uh, sense to me. I guess I, I don't know. Like I understand what they were trying to do, but at the same time, do, did I go to see a Star Wars movie to see them deconstruct a hero or whatnot and dive deeper into that? I, I don't think I've ever. I, I watched other science fiction or Star Trek for that. I don't know if I go to see my favorite Star Wars movies. Yeah, well, de- of, uh, deconstruct, I character. think, is a key word. Hey, Frank, wh- how did you feel after uh, Force Awakens, though? Where, did you have a good good uh, vibe going after that? I, I loved I loved The Force Awakens. I, I loved everything about it. I know uh, the critique with that was a retread of A New Hope, but, I, I mean, I, I can see that, but that didn't stick out to me at all. I, I left that movie loving the new th- characters, Poe, uh, Finn. Like, I had no problems with them. I liked Kylo as a villain and I liked uh, where they were going with him. He kind of reminded me what I thought I was going to see with Anakin and the creeples. Mm, um, yeah, so I loved right. everything that was set up in the force of Awakens. You know I mean? I was, I left there anticipating everything. Uh, I was a big defender of that movie. I loved that movie. That, that's in my, it's, it's not in my top three. I don't think anything will ever, ever beat the original trilogy for me, personal rankings, but it's right. It's right under that for me. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm I'm right there with you, and I will tell you. I mean, just based on on what you said, you know, wanting to kind of uh, experience something like the first trilogy. Um, you know, I, I, me and my brother were there for the first trilogy, and uh, you know, we we're little kids and stuff. And but you know, the the memories are are still very solid with us. Uh, you know, when Force Awakens, Force Awakens brought back a lot of that feeling for me. Wow. I mean, yeah, I, I really, I really got a lot of that vibe and a lot of the, especially now, what kind of vibe sense, are we talking about? A good vibe. <laughs> I don't know. What, what is your favorite memory of going to Star Wars movies as a kid? What's your favorite memory? I would well, nothing, nothing quite compares to the feeling that i had of seeing the original film but the comparison i draw is in the uh mysteries it presented to us um i thought that they were very interesting i thought it was a really great introduction to the new series but it you know it was playing off of the old legacy so it was it reminded me of those periods in between this the original star wars movies when everybody was talking and speculating about what was going to happen next um, that definitely seemed that vibe seemed a lot more stronger with Force Awakens. I felt than it did with the prequels, so I was really happy to see that coming back. But um, yeah, I'm I, I I'm with you. I feel like they they you know they did not uh, capitalize on that momentum. I mean, it really could have <laughs> led them in the be- but you know, fortunately there is one more movie coming, so we—it's not like all hope is lost. I mean, they could still salvage. But a isn't lot, it kind of sad that after it, the Force Awakens, we spent the downtime between the two films, Episode Seven and Episode Eight, speculating who are Ray's parents? What's the what's up with well, the mystery of Well, that's what I'm talking about. They dropped the ball. And, I mean, and they just so dropped and now, the ball. And with now that. we're at a point between the two movies, eight and nine. Where we're just like, oh my god! I hope they can save. fix it. Yeah, yeah can they fix it? Well, 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 wait, 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 wait. Is the most well, well, Jim, you, you, you know, go ahead, Mike. You called in here. You go ahead. You weigh in here. I know. I, I, I'm just saying, but like, I feel like they set us up to be that way. Like, 
JJ and everybody was very secretive about things and the way the characters mm-hmm. were uh, mm-hmm. like information that was given to us and information that wasn't given to us. And they were very cool about it. So they, it's not like we made all that stuff in our, in our heads and like, they were like, Oh, we never told you it was a secret. Like well, six well, months before the movie even came out, JJ was like, Oh, well maybe you won't even know who Ray's parents are in this movie. You know what I mean? Like, so they, Damage control. Well, well that, that, that's, 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 yeah, that's 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 because that's because they didn't know who Ray's parents were going to be. They didn't make the decisions. Well, it wasn't, yeah, I mean, we, it wasn't we their that. yeah, right. We know that, right? It wasn't their mandate to do it. And and I've said you know for a long time that well, they they should have had a flushed out uh, skeleton of and uh, backstory of all these characters before they you know dove in and did this. And who knows? Maybe had JJ agreed to do all three. Uh, you know, it would have been a lot cleaner and neater, but you know, nonetheless, you've sort of got this relay race style of um, of making these movies. But I want to throw this question out, okay, uh, Jim? You brought up a really, or Bill, you brought up a really interesting thing here. You were talking about the 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 time of of speculation. You know, we spent all this time between episodes seven and eight, just like we did with the original trilogy and even in the prequels, talking about where are they going, where are they headed, what are the big questions? Oh, I can't wait to see the next movie because it's going to answer this. Name. Right. One thing that you're dying to know the answer of that the, where the groundwork was laid in episode eight. What's one big mystery, one big riddle, one big plot point that you think that nine is going to pay off? Well, I, 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 I say there's nothing. Yeah, no, dude, I know what you're saying. I, I mean, they uh, they had that momentum. I mean, they had that momentum and they and they really just completely cut that off. All, you know, deliberately. I don't understand that decision. That's the, the thing that really just kind of rankles me. Um, yeah, I mean, what one it, thing are you like gonna? Are you dying it. to see in episode nine? <sighs> it's almost like episode eight was the ending of the yes. With the, with yes. the movies. I felt that way when we walked out of the theater. Yep. For yeah, what? like, it felt ending, like the end the of a trilogy. Scene. It felt like something yeah, that, that was setting up a new of trilogy. Them on the Falcon. It was yeah. like the last scene of Jedi when they're celebrating, but right. like it just we, we missed the movie somehow. Yeah, I mean, really, and, the, and the, the only thing—the only thing but, that's left yeah, is, it, yeah, right. The only thing that's left at this What's point it? is is them uh, trying to find some reinforcements so they can go and try to take down uh, the First Order, but. They haven't even scored their well. I guess they did with uh, with Force Awakens, but you know their their first major victory. You almost feel like war was officially declared against the First Order at the end of Episode Eight, in a sense. After the you know the the First Order officially takes over, and you know they're now the Resistance slash slash Rebels. I don't know. It, it just yeah. No, I, I so much of it doesn't make sense too. Like. Like the, uh, I feel like there's not enough um, of a time jump between seven and eight uh, for the way things. Like all of a sudden, Kylo doesn't care about the past and all this and that. But like it's like an hour after episode seven ended, and <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like the characters are in completely different places. And and the thing I I I I really um, had a problem with even when I originally seen the movie and thought I kind of liked it was with the new passage of time between seven and eight these characters didn't build any up uh, type of relationships like off screen, like they did between the new hope and empire mm, where when you, the beginning of empire, you can tell Han and Luke have been on missions together and they're joking around and you feel like, uh, like they're a, a close knit group of friends that have been doing stuff where 
eight is like we had an intermission and then we went to the bathroom and we came back and like the movie just continued. It's just, oh, that's yeah. very true. That's a great point, we, Mike. We did do a lot of filling in the blanks between uh, Star Wars and Empire. Uh, yeah, as far as building up that camaraderie that the characters were experiencing, right. we sort of built that up in our heads too. Marvel Comics and the, and, and the newspaper strips uh, helped uh, along with that, but uh, I don't even think Poe and Ray had met until the end of the last true. movie. That is true. Exactly. Is exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, and that and that. Oh God! I mean, yeah, you were so hitting on something. I mean, that 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 original Star Wars. Magic was so, so much of that had to do with the three of them together and, and our desire to see them back together. You know, I mean, that's the bittersweet thing at the end of empires that, you know, Han is out there. God, they got to get Han. They got to get Han back, you know, but right. So, but the rest of the gang, yeah, you go into Jedi worrying about Han where we're going in episode nine and Poe and Ray just met each other and shook hands for the first time. Yeah, yeah, it's just right. incidental. It, it, They're it, all <laughs> well. We got a lot of people lying yeah, and who want to jump we, on. We, so I we, think yeah. we are hey, going to unfortunately have to move along, no, Mike. Mike, thank you so much, I man. No problem, this was great conversation. Uh, I, I, I've been listening to you guys for ten years. It's great to finally talk to you live and uh, enjoy your holiday. Like yeah, good talking to you, man. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. All right, man. All right. Thank you, you Mike. Thank you. thank you. All right, let's go to uh, area code three three four. Hello, who's this? Greeting programs. Thanksgiving. Shaz Bazaar. Hey, Shaz Bazaar. I recognize that voice right away from the techno retro dads. Shaz Bazaar. Last time oh. I heard from Shaz Bazaar, he was he was uh, bragging about his high scores on an old Zaxxon cabinet he found, an old video game, and so oh, that yeah. got me off oh, to the uh, galloping so ghost to play Zaxxon myself to see if I could match Shaz in the scoring department, and I was woefully short in my uh, efforts, but uh, I'm still working on it, Shaz. You and me, we got to have a Zaxxon tournament at some point. <laughs> yeah, I got to get up to the galloping ghost, man. Absolutely. Anyone listening, uh, if you find yourself in the Chicago area and you have some downtime and you want to venture out to the Galloping Ghost Arcade on Ogden Avenue, get a hold of me at show at rebelforceradio.com and uh, schedule permitting, I will meet you there. I have met lots and lots of Rebel Force Radio listeners at the Galloping Ghost. It's the world's greatest arcade, almost 700 cabinets all running in you know, all different games. Okay, it's not like a row of Pac-Man. You know, there's all different games there and uh, lots of cool Star Wars games. We can easily kill an afternoon and a couple of cold ones across the street at Brixie's, too, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> always a good time at the Ghost. So well, Shaz, well, Shaz, you are, you, Shaz are you going, coming to uh, Celebration? Are you going to make it? I'm not going to make it. Oh. Not so, going to make it this time. He can't go into like cold weather climates. Is that what I've it noticed is? this? I've noticed this from some people. That's it's like, what's going it's like, on with him. What you've been to every Star Wars celebration in LA, in uh, Florida. You never mm-hmm. miss one. Why aren't you coming to Chicago? I don't own a parka. <laughs> College costs too much. College oh, costs too much. You know oh, maybe one day you'll graduate and we'll uh, be proud of you. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> Everyone else is in college around here. <laughs> oh, Tell me about crazy. it. Well, Shaz, we've been throwing down well, a lot man. of uh, a lot of Last Jedi talk, but uh, 
uh, you can you can jump in on that. I, I you know what? Before we get into your thing, I do. I want to throw this out there because we were talking yeah. about episode nine, and this rumor hit the web. Uh, I think late last week that apparently uh, a scene has leaked for episode nine, and here's what here's what the details are. Spoiler. For this? Oh, yeah, we should do the spoiler alert. So, and we have no way of verifying any of this. But this is reported by, uh, I believe, uh, The Express in the UK. Um, is that Luke Skywalker... So this is uh, setting the scene here. Luke Skywalker in front of Rey. Go on... And the page just refreshed here for me. Where is it? Uh, oh, come on. What the... What, 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 the, what? What the been hearing what? a lot of Luke Skywalker rumors lately. Uh, a lot of stuff has been popping up from various sources online. Uh, one of the most tantalizing ones has Luke uh, wielding his green lightsaber, but uh, a younger version of Luke wielding a green lightsaber. Uh, but th- like I said, these are all rumors. You almost have to take them with as many of grains of salt that you can find because... Uh, uh, we, we, there's no way of verifying this. It does seem like the episode nine set has been fairly locked down. We haven't really seen many photos leak out of the set or any information for that matter. All right. I got it now. I got it now. You know what? What happened online where the, you have to accept these cookies now all of a sudden everywhere and it just throws cookies. everything off. I like cookies. All right. Well, see now it just now it just disappeared again. Talk amongst yourselves for a second. I got to figure this out. Shaz, don't laugh at me when I'm doing a cookie monster. You're only encouraging me to do more cookies. But uh, exactly. I mean, Frank, Oz. what happened to that? What happened to that commentary? You were, y'all were going to do on the holiday special, Jimmy. And yeah, Billy? that's we probably should have done that this week. Yeah. Uh, seeing that this is yeah. the big 40th anniversary we of the have holiday it. special, have that's definitely Christmas. going to happen. Sometime in the next month or so, uh, we'll definitely sit down and watch. Have you guys ever done that at the uh, Techno Retros? Uh, well, we have uh, actually rewritten the holiday special a couple of times. Oh, rewritten! And yeah, done, we, we're uh, just going to make commentary. Sort of a, we, we've done sort of a radio drama on it. <laughs> this a is this times. is. Oh, you've done a radio drama. Sort of. What you reenact <laughs> the holiday Jimmy special? Quality. Well, no, I yeah, mean that it doesn't matter. It, I took a uh, we took an early draft this year and uh, rewrote it based on the early draft where Chewie's there early in the show. So it's uh, it's interesting. Oh, very interesting. <laughs> right. Not well, we'll check is the place. All to right, go I've, got, I've got the story right here. Here it is. Okay, so this is a leaked scene, right? Allegedly a leaked scene. Luke Skywalker stands in front of Ray on a jungle world. In the background are ancient stone steps that lead to some rooms which appear to be a Jedi temple of some kind. Luke appears to be in his physical form as if he is not dead, but he may be a force ghost and more solid this time. No blue hue is described in the sequence, yet Luke holds his iconic green lightsaber hilt in his hand, but not ignited as Rey examines it. This could be one of Luke's lessons to Rey, teaching her how to develop a lightsaber like his own. Luke's face has no beard and shorter hair, shorter than his hair on crate. He wears a brown robe with white sleeves. So the question that they're posing here is, could Luke be the beginning of something 
else? Is he more powerful than a force ghost? Is he something in between um, dead and alive, for lack of a better expression? Um, and we've talked about on the show um, in various commentaries uh, Sam Witwer, I think, was the guy that first sort of developed this theory that as the films progress, uh, the, the original trilogy, you start to see a more corporeal form of the Force Ghost. Ben is a disembodied voice at the beginning of uh, or at the end of episode four. By the mm-hmm. time you see him in episode six, he's sitting on a log, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. so and he doesn't appear to be as like translucent, right? Well, in Hoth, he's barely even visible. Yeah, right. In Hoth, he's he's very, he's almost completely he's he's very transparent. So what they're describing here is the possibility that Luke is 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 even f- more uh, further in his studies. Um, so that's one theory out there that will they think will satisfy fans where they can stay true to Ryan's story that Luke died yet his interaction with the other characters can be much more uh, tangible, uh, much more, uh, you know, real and grounded. But having said all that, Shaz, what did you, uh, what did you want to lay down on us? Well, I was just going to say in regards to that, he could have teleported to Tatooine. That's a force thing we've never seen before. He does see twin sons. Yeah. No, I don't mm-hmm. think that's really going to happen. Oh, you uh, transported back to Tatooine. That's something I never really considered with the twin sons. Very interesting. Hey, you know, George nah. Lucas was he was messing around with the idea of an uh, early drafts of Return of the Jedi. He was messing around with the idea of Ben and Yoda coming back, you know, making physical appearances during the uh, battle at the end when Luke was fighting Vader and the Emperor. And um, so this is a concept that's been kicked around a little. Of course, when we see Yoda come back in The Last Jedi, he uh, looks more and more solid. It's not like you can really see through him, and he smacks Luke on the head with his cane. So there is some sort of crossover he's making into the physical realm. There's no doubt. And he controls weather, too. So, uh, you know, there's, he's crossing over more into the physical realm. I would like to see Ben, Yoda, and Luke all come back in episode nine. I mean, really, if you want to give us a satisfying conclusion, heck, even bring back Qui-Gon Jinn. Oh, yeah, sure, you know, I'll come back as a hologram, you know. Oh, you know, I could be a hologram. Now, there's one guy that's happy to come back anytime he's asked. Oh, whatever. That guy oh, would do it. That guy oh, would yeah, do it. I'll, have a, I'll be a ghost, a hologram. I'll just sit in the cantina and have a drink there in the corner. You won't, you won't even know I'm there. Like a true I won't, I won't even disturb anyone. I'll just be there in the corner having a nice, cool beverage. <laughs> would you like that, George? Where is George, by the way? It's a, he's not here anymore. Is he? Yeah, he hasn't I been there really for his, see him in quite a long time there, Liam. Oh, well. Uh, uh, all right, Shaz, um, what are you most thankful for as we uh, celebrate uh, this great tradition in uh, the United States called Thanksgiving? There's a, a lot of Star Wars to be thankful for this year. You, you know, Solo's kind of disappeared on the radar. Yeah. And man, that movie, every time I watch it, makes me smile. And that's Star Wars. Yeah. I didn't want to see a Han Solo origin story. 
And I didn't want anybody but Harrison Ford to be in it. But man, that movie makes me smile every time I stick it in the player. Yeah. It's awesome. It is. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of that movie. A big fan of that movie. It, it does no harm at all. Uh, and, and actually, I think does a lot of good. Uh, does a lot of good for the character. Sets some things up. Um, you know, I'm not 100% convinced that I love the mall thing at the end. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. But I really, really like uh, Alden's performance. I, I love the chemistry between him and, and Lando. Um, I like that they didn't quite overdo the friendship. I thought that was an interesting take, that they weren't BFFs. Um, and that mm-hmm. that sort of makes their sort of finding each other again throughout the events of Empire and Jedi, I think, even more even more special and and profound. Um, they had a lot of baggage that they had to put aside, uh, a lot of differences they had to put aside. So I so I like that. I'm with you. I think that that is, um, you know, it's funny. I think that Solo uh, is aging. If you can say that it's only been a few months, but it's aging well, whereas The Last Jedi, even for some of the real diehard defenders of the film, is aging less well. That's my theory. That's a good one. Can I can I point something out about Solo? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Shaz. Go ahead. Repeat what you just said. No, you please. You're the guest. Solo fits in with the '77 vibe, and Star Wars does not get old. And when I'm talking Star Wars, I mean A New Hope. It just doesn't get old, And, and so it doesn't rely on anything current pop culture to to make it. You know, to make you smile. It's all in universe Star Wars funny, and it's it's great. And it's yeah. just a, it's just a fun show. And, and you know, you mentioned the mall thing. Uh, I, I've been going uh, to all the new Star Wars movies with a guy uh, who's just recently moved here. And at the end of Solo, he says, how is that possible? I said, oh, you have not watched the Clone Wars. So <laughs> guess who's got my Clone Wars Blu-rays? Now? Yeah, right, right. That guy <laughs> going through all of them with his little girl, which oh, is that's awesome. Great. Yeah, that is. That great. is that's and so lovely. That is. Yeah. One thing about Solo I've really not heard anyone talk about. Uh, the film, I believe, features the greatest introduction for any character in the history of Star Wars. And it's not Han. It's not Chewie. It's not Maul. It's not Kira. It's not Lando. It's Beckett. When they first show Beckett and he's there in the heart of the war on Mimban, and he's got the dual yeah. blasters going out and yeah. he's standing there and you just see the silhouette of him up there. And it's just a great introduction. I mean, one of the finest mm. and you know, you're dealing with a character who's going to be totally capable for the rest of the film. Trustworthy. I didn't say that, but capable. Yeah. And, uh, I just yeah. love the gunslinger vibe I get from that one shot of him. And like I said, it's, it's Galandro from the uh, from the Hansel oh, book. Yes. Oh my God! Wow. So similar. I have not heard that name brought up in a long time from uh, from the Brian Daly trilogy. What'd you say, Cilantro? Galandro. Oh, Galandro. Oh, okay. Was this hot? You know, you know, sure shot, fastest gunslinger in the galaxy kind of guy, and uh, what a great, yeah, great EU character. 
What a great EU character. Galandro. Haven't thought about him for a long time. But he was a, he was a foil, you know, for Han in the uh, in the uh, Brian Daly trilogy from the late 70s, which really still to this day hold up very well. Those are very good books. If you have a chance to track them down and you're a younger fan or a fan that maybe never uh, really... Uh, you know, the, the the whole Brian Daly Han Solo trilogy sort of slipped through your fingers. That's one to go back and look at is the Han Solo trilogy. Yeah, Calandro. So he and Han, of course, have the big, you know, showdown at high noon, you know. <laughs> take take yeah. ten paces, turn and fire. You know, you get all that. I mean, you really, that's what made the Brian Daly novel so awesome was he really got the idea of the space western. And Han Solo is the perfect mm-hmm. character to put right in the middle of that. And um, are, th- are those all Solo figures there that you're... <laughs> I have, okay. Because I'm playing <laughs> with action so figures funny. while I'm doing this show. No, well, it's like, okay. It's, you know, he, <laughs> let me just tell you, it's just so funny watching because he's talking and he grabs... He, you know, there's so much Star Wars stuff in this house. He's got a... Uh, he grabs a reference book and he's got all the solo characters all like lined up really neatly. Stand the figures are all standing. He grabs the book and they all fall over. All the all the solo figures. Yeah, and it wasn't worth it because Galandro wasn't in the book either. So now I have to stand up. Now, all now he's reposing them all right back. To <laughs> you ready for action? You never know. When, yeah, uh, a, 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 action figures just domino like dominoes oh just boy, falling do they all at once. I think every collector yeah. can relate to that. They do. Now they're, oh, they're now they're all back. It's a beautiful display. You know something uh, <laughs> I, I, that I meant to bring up on the show a few weeks ago because this has been talked about and you know we haven't gotten to it. And when Adam was on, uh, when he called earlier tonight, he was talking about. He's like, yeah, you know these these popular films, uh, they never win Oscars or rarely win Oscars, but boy, when they do a big sizzle reel uh, on the broadcast, they always open up with one of these big popular films, and they're. I guess the Academy had has been considering for some time a a best uh, the, the the best popular film Oscar. Yeah, they tried <sighs> to introduce that into the award ceremony. Yeah. for uh, next year for, and uh, it got the kibosh. Got yeah, it got shot down. They they're they're saying that they they're still working on it, but I I don't I'm know. not a fan I, 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 at all. I, I almost feel like it's like picture. the. And, you know, it's like the, the the participation award or something. I don't know. It just as it yeah. feels. And they and they've already expanded the best picture category to include. It, it's actually not consistent, but it's usually like nine or ten. ten films, it used to be yeah. five. Yeah, which to me is a good number. I mean, you, you really you, you should be able any given year you should be able to. Not when they're all a bunch of crap art house films that nobody cares. Well, about. it doesn't have to. But, you know, look at look at we were talking about Rocky. A lot of people still have issue with the fact that Rocky won Best Picture because it was such a, a popular favorite at the time. And it's still I don't care what anybody says. You go back. That first Rocky movie is great. But it was up against that year was really strong. It was like that was one of the rare years where like every movie was great. It was like Network, All the President's Men, Rocky, I think Taxi Driver, you know. So yeah, those are all classics now, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, how many people are falling all over the English patient nowadays? (laughs) I'll tell you, I'm still pissed off that Star Wars loss to Annie Hall in 77. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. 
Hey, Shaz, yeah. I'll tell you one thing. We're we're here on Rebel Force Radio. We're thankful for you, and we're thankful for uh, your many many years of friendship. So yes. really, and all the Shazlings. Yes, <laughs> who are now yeah, I, who are now draining get, your all your yes. funds so that you can no longer go to conventions because <laughs> they need an education so yeah. they can get jobs. But they oh, I know. Believe me. The campus is wearing RFR T-shirts. Let me tell you. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. Hey, brother, we love you. Thank you so much for uh, for calling. All right. Hey. Yeah. One, I want to thank y'all Please. for the uh, Star, the Clone Wars Declassified on Patreon. Man, those are great to relive. Oh, really the- fantastic. So thanks for making those available again. Absolutely, it's our pleasure. So the least we can do, we are putting up remastered versions of the old. Clone Wars Declassified, and uh, it is nice. It's nice to go back and binge-watch the episodes and hear what we had to say about them on the very same week that everyone else was seeing them. On the week they were debuting, we were talking about them. And it's kind of interesting. I I laugh at some of the things I hear us say just because, (laughs) you know, we're confused about the chronological order in which things are running. Uh, (laughs) You know, as we we think this Anaconda Far is going to be some big player in the <laughs> series, and he gets killed off like halfway into his first episode. It's, oh, that's right! <laughs> like amazing speculation. So yeah, we're yeah. laying, uh, we're putting season one out there right now, and the yeah. only way you can hear it right now is on Patreon at patreon.com slash Rebel Force Radio. I love the community that's developing over there. I really am. I'm meeting so many great people through our Galloping Ghost Hangouts, through RFR Q&A, and just from conversations I have with people. You know, it all comes out of the Patreon community, and, and I, I just like it. It's it's really it's really home for me as far as social media goes and Rebel Force Radio. All right, let's go here to 717 Area Code. Hello, you're on with Rebel Force Radio. Hey, Jason. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Billy Mac. This is Eric from Phoenix. Eric! All yes. right. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Sure. And sure, nice man. Call. Let's talk Star Wars. What's on your mind? Well, I had a topic. Frank took it. I was going to talk about uh, the 40th anniversary of a holiday special. However, I've got another topic, but I wanted to tell Billy Mac this summer... <laughs> I was out cleaning my pool, listening to RFR on the Bluetooth speaker, and Billy Mack, in puppet Lando voice, was either reading the Denny's menu and got to the moon over my hammy part, or or he was talking about Lando's pants and the bulge in his pants. And oh, yeah. My wife, Andrea, who's listening with me right now, walked outside, looked at me, and her facial expression was like, oh, my gosh, is that Billy D. Williams, and what the heck is going on? So anytime Billy Mac is on and anytime Billy Mac is on and does the Lando voice, I literally die laughing because that interaction, I'm not kidding you. I think of every time, but Hey, I guys, I just want to say a huge thank you. I love your show. And every week I literally look forward to listening to what you guys put out there. And I've been fortunate. You guys have played a couple of voicemails I played, which by the way, just make my week. And my kids are like, Oh my gosh, dad, What's your problem? You know, well, hey, Eric, why are you bugging these guys? Eric, wait till your kids hear this because yeah. you won't believe who just walked in the room. It's Puppet Lando. Hey, how you doing? Oh Eric? yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm doing good, Lando. 
Do you have any questions you'd but, like uh, to ask no, Puppet I, Lando here? I, as long as we have him here, do you well, mind taking some listener questions? Well, let me let me ask Eric. I've I've got a question for you. What, what, so you, your wife is listening to the show right now. Is that correct? <laughs> that is correct. And what what is her name? <laughs> her name's Andrea. Andrea. I'm, I'm, let me. I want to speak to Andrea right now. Uh, no offense, Eric, but I, I just want. I have one thing I have to say to her, Andrea. Okay, just a second. This just is, a second. Let me put her on. Yeah, put her on. <laughs> you know, I always like to you know, play with Lando. my fans. Oh, hey, is this Andrea speaking? It sure is. You know, I, I can only, Andrea. I can only hear the sound of your voice. But I know that you're hotter than the flames on Mustafar. <laughs> Keep talking, Lando. Well, you, you know, um, if you're looking for love, <laughs> you might be you might be Alderaan places. <laughs> might be in Alderaan places. <laughs> oh. oh. Well, like, so I forget a preposition here or there. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, you're cool. <laughs> well, do you have any uh, questions for, uh, for well, Lando, yeah, so, Andrea? So, well, oh, no, sorry, oh, we, this is Eric. We've got Eric back. She was in, she's she was probably pulling off right so, now. Yeah, right, right. I know it, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just wonderful to have the, the ladies with us tonight. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Lando. I appreciate it. Well, hey, so... Um, Love the show. So here's my thing. I'm going to take it a different route. Let's let's talk about the Mandalorian. Okay. Yes. Yes. So um, can't wait for that to come out, guys. So I know you guys talked about this. So they've announced, I think, five directors, and there's ten episodes, which that means a couple different things. That means if there's five directors, they could each get two, or some somebody could have three, or whatever. However, the math works out. Or there could be episodes where they haven't announced the directors yet. Now, it's been six years since George Lucas has sold Lucasfilm to Disney. What do you think the odds are that Mr. Lucas himself is going to direct a couple episodes of The Mandalorian? Slim to none, quite honestly. I don't think there's a chance that George Lucas is going to come back to uh, sit in the director's chair for a a Star Wars spinoff TV show. I, I think the only way that you could possibly get George back, if, I, I don't even think it's possible at this point, quite honestly. Uh, he was willing to work on the sequel trilogy, and he was told thanks but no thanks. And uh, I think he was, you know, he had several years of development, at least a year of development, into the script with Michael Arndt and the story treatment. And. Uh, all the development that goes on at Skywalker Ranch with concept art and what have you. And I think George was feeling a little burned that he got shut out of that process. And he retired. I, I think that's it. I, I really think you have to take that at face value when George Lucas says he's retired. I think he has retired. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree. I think that uh, Eric might be onto something. I would not be a bit surprised. I think the lure of Dave Filoni as uh, one of the executive producers, as well as John Favreau, uh, who is a certainly a Lucas acquaintance, if not uh, a friend. I think the lure of that is um, 
pretty potent. And I would not be a bit surprised well, if there was a, 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 an announcement that George Lucas was behind the camera for uh, an episode of The Mandalorian. Mm, I don't see it happening. Well, my whole point I'd love is, to be proven wrong, well, my quite whole, honestly. Yeah, my whole thoughts are if, if that, and, and it, you know, Jimmy, you could be right. I mean, it's a long shot, but time heals all wounds. And I know he's a huge Dave Filoni fan and Dave's involved and Dave's involved pretty heavily in this. And so I just thought there's potential because otherwise, why wouldn't they announce all the directors? Maybe this is it. It just seems to me kind of odd. They didn't say how many episodes each, each one was going to be directing, which then just lead, led me down the path of saying, well, maybe they just haven't announced everybody. Um, and they'll wait till a later date. Maybe well, I'm wrong, I, but I've been led yeah, to I believe that I've been, I've been led to believe that the uh, directors will be shouldering the responsibility for two episodes. And uh, don't forget, you also have John Favreau there too, who uh, knows his way in that role as a director. So uh, maybe uh, maybe there might be some episodes earmarked for Favreau himself to sit in the director's chair. So, um, but I've. I thought that Filoni was going to do at least two of them. And Dave also was serving as an executive producer for the series. So, uh, yeah, maybe he'll be sinking his teeth into the directing a little bit more with live action. Again, I think George Lucas coming back is, uh, that's a real long shot. A million to one. Yeah. For, I don't for think, the Mandalorian. For the I, Mandalorian. A million yeah, to one. I don't think that we've seen the last of George Lucas behind the camera for a Star Wars project. I really don't. I really don't. But, uh, Eric, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for those, uh, those words. What, do, what are you most thankful for as a Star Wars fan other than Puppet Lando? <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. It, hey, I've been there since the beginning. Jimmy, Mac, and I are the same age. Um, so we've been there since the beginning. It's been 41 years, guys, and we're still talking Star Wars, and we have more to talk about than we've ever had to talk about. And, yes, it's not all for us, and I'm perfectly fine with that. But yeah. there's so much cool stuff out there. There's so much cool stuff coming that it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. And I can't wait to get to see you guys in Chicago in April Yes, and all the other Star Wars fans when we're all together. So, just once again, thanks for all that you guys do. Love the show. Love it. I'm glad I'm a Patreon member. All the extra stuff I get, well worth it, and glad to support you guys. So take care, and Puppet Lando, all the best. <laughs> Puppet Lando, anything <laughs> uh, you want to say to Eric from Phoenix before he signs off? We all hear you. <laughs> working your way through. <laughs> hey, hey, Eric, while, while Puppet Lando gets his shit together can we uh can we get a, a vote from you um about star wars resistance are you into star wars resistance do you want us to continue offering uh, analysis of those episodes on rfr yeah here's the deal guys i watched the first episode the two-parter and i i liked it i went back and watched the rest i enjoy you guys talking about it even if it's only 10 to i think it's usually what 15 20 minutes maybe you guys spend on it I think that's good time to spend on it because there's little nuggets here, there. And, and I think it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, I think it's fine. Um, I wouldn't devote, you know, you guys used to do those separate shows. Definitely not worth the time to do that. Um, that's not a knock on the show. I just don't think the meat's there, as you say, um, Jimmy Mack, but I, I definitely vote for it. Cause I like to hear what you guys have to say or what you pick out. 
that's unique to that story relates to other things. Um, and quite frankly, I'm behind, so I haven't watched them. So not that I'm not going to watch them, but uh, I appreciate the fact that you guys do that. That's good. I appreciate that, Eric. Uh, I, I really appreciate you weighing in. We've actually gotten sort of uh, mixed feedback. I'd say the majority is more positive saying, yeah, I want to hear the updates the way you guys have been doing them. Um, but, you know, like you said, there's not too much meat on those bones. So there's only so much mileage you can get out of Star Star Wars Resistance. I saw some Yahoo on Twitter going, I'm done with RFR because all they do is rip on Resistance. No, we're not r- ripping on oh, Resistance. On. I like it. I, I actually no. really enjoy watching it. But like I said, there's just not so much meat on the bones. And, and uh, other people are like, yeah, I want to hear you talk about Resistance, but just without Jason. <laughs> well, I mean, that, and then what people feel about most things on the show i want to hear no. you talk about it without jason no it's just the reluctance from you and what what it is is i am still holding out hope that you'll be able to offer something to our commentary because i want you to watch it with your son I who I, I think I the know. two of you will have an enjoyable experience watching this show it's it's perfect for how old is Parker? Six, seven six, now? Six. Yeah, he just turned six in the fall here. So, so there yeah. you go. I know. I know. I know. I, All yeah. right. So thanks again, Eric. Oh, oh, Puppet Lando. <laughs> Would you get going, you old pirate? <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Eric. All right. Let's see. Uh, we've got uh, area code 239, who's been waiting a good while for us. Uh, hello. You're on Rebel Force Radio. Hey, Jason and Jimmy Mack. This is Ryan from Orlando. Hey, Ryan. Ryan. Ryan, Ryan. from Orlando. We know you. This is yeah. Ryan from Orlando. Yeah, you hung you out doing? with us for our uh, Star Wars Weekends hangouts. That's right. And That's right. Uh, RFR Live that we did at uh, Lake Buena Vista there at the uh, hotel. That's you were right. there that. was a good that. time. That was a great time. How have you been? Doing good. Doing good. we got a new baby in the family, so... Uh, I've uh, been uh, trying to figure out the best way to congratulations uh, the wars to uh, to the new one. No, thank you, thank you. How how, yeah. how old is so, uh, um, is he? Her? What what do we got going on there? Uh, uh, her name's Elowen. Her oh. name. Uh, so it's uh, yeah. Her Lord of the Elowen, Rings, and uh, she's <laughs> and uh, she is uh, twenty months old right now. So Whoa! okay, yeah, yeah. yeah you got 20, some time to figure old, it out. Yeah. It goes fast. It yeah. goes real fast, but uh, every day <laughs> goes day. faster than the one before it. Um, but yeah, you got some time, and there, boy, by the time you know she is, uh, she's ready to digest this stuff. You're going to have so many options of what to introduce her oh, to were- first. You know, here's a little advice oh, I have already- about raising okay. kids as Star Wars fans. Um, something that I really let slip through the cracks. And now when I look back on it, I feel rather devastated is that when I sat my then five-year-old son, Dylan down to watch empire strikes back, he had already known about the, I am your father revelation. Remember I did a debriefing with Dylan after he watched that when he was five. Oh yeah. Now what about what Darth Vader said to Luke? Luke, I am your father. Yes. You knew that, though, right? That was already kind of spoiled for you? Yeah. You obviously knew that. Now, yeah. how, did, how did you know that before we watched the movies? 
There's a Star Wars robot chicken that it says, Luke, I am your father. You saw them talking about it on Robot Chicken, right? Yeah. That was something I was not prepared for. As you can hear in the tape, he was totally spoiled. And uh, yeah. I just, I, I still feel kind of weird about that. How, how did I let that happen? I'm a failure as a parent. <laughs> but, uh, well, you'll have time, like Jason said. You'll have time. You'll have time, but strategize. Strategize and be smart about it. Well, yeah, so that actually leads me perfectly into one of my questions for you guys was, I know that the, the topic of the order of the movies has been discussed on uh, your show for years, you know, yeah. what, which order. And, we, you know, there's the, obviously 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3. There is chronological 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. And then there was the 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 6. But now that we're into all these new movies, how how what do we do? What, what's the what's the right approach now? I, I honestly don't know. Well, I think you need to stick here because, like, people will say, you need to do it a certain way, and then they slot in things like Rogue One or the Solo movie, and that stuff. I say no, get that out of the conversation altogether you have to stick Ah. with the skywalker saga roman numerals only as an introduction okay Uh, okay now for the longest time i was a purist i was a purist it was order of release so star wars empire jedi and eps one through three but then i got turned on to what i think they call the machete order (laughs) where it's (laughs) Eps <laughs> four, five, then one, two, three, then six. Oh. So you have the revelation intact. I am your father, which is such an right. incredibly profound and impactful cinematic moment. If served correctly, if you watch the movies in the Roman numeral order from one through eight, you lose that. I think it's important to maintain the integrity of that moment because it feels so much when you think about it. So you leave them hanging on that, that cliffhanger. I am your father. Then you go back and you hear the whole story of Anakin and how we got there. This is your life, Anakin Skywalker. Then you wrap it all up with episode six. I think that's such a great way to present the whole thing to a new fan. And no, don't slide in any sort of Clone Wars or Rogue One <laughs> or Solo or anything with a Star Wars story at the end of it or holiday special. No, none of that. That's confusing. <laughs> Child abuse. <That's, laughs> that, 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 ruins, that ruins the flow of the whole thing. It's great to then show them, hey, you want to know how those rebels ended up with those plans? How did Princess Leia end up with those plans? Yeah, that's cool. Um, I'm not against seeing things like edited versions of Rogue One that goes right seamlessly into A New Hope. I'm not against that. Uh, But I don't think to present the entire saga to someone for the first time, it would be a good idea. I think you have to stick specifically with the Skywalker saga, specifically with the Roman numerals. And as far as being a purist, I 
always felt, you know, four, five, six, one, two, three, because that's the way I did it. But if I could just mind wipe myself, memory erase, if I could just do that (laughs) and do the four, five, one, two, three, six, that would be amazing. I think that would be amazing. So I would love to find myself in that situation where I can actually sit someone down. The Star Wars. I think somebody needs to study this. Study. There needs to be a longitudinal study which, with, a, with, with a cross-section of children from all across America. <laughs> all right, this, then we will have our answer. In, in group A, we showed them the movies in numerical order. Group B, we showed them the movies in the order in which they were released. And in group C, the machete. So we have those three. And then we can study them all. Where do we get these children? And then (laughs) where do we get children? Well, they're all over the place. You just got to get volunteer. You know, parents have to volunteer. Okay. so From Palpatine's creepy nursery. Yeah, that's a good place to start. Um, but if you would like to submit your child to this uh, scientific experiment, show at rebelforceradio.com. Um, send us an email and a birth certificate, and we'll just take it from there. Yeah, and then you sign the releases for them to live in a plastic bubble for about 10 years. No, no. It'd be like a long weekend. We're only talking about six films here. Oh, by the way, I'm not throwing in the sequels i noticed that i noticed that but ryan was specifically asking in this world of actually why would you show any of those films out of sequence i mean uh, but you know what i'm saying that well modern modern audiences young kids today might that's gateway to star wars was episode seven Mm -hmm. a lot of kids episode eight even star wars lego for crying out loud She's she's already got a Ray doll from the Forces of Destiny. Oh well, then it's so. over. Then it's over. Yeah. She's, she's, it's over. All right, so let's do it. So so it's so it's eight. It, we eight. cannot accept her into our study, though. That's I just want to make that clear. <laughs> that now we have that information. All right, now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call this oh, the blender not, order. Now, have you determined how you're gonna do uh, Planet of the Apes? <laughs> 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 no, that's that's pretty linear. All right, I'm going to throw this one out there. I'm going to go seven, right? Four, five. Mm-hmm. Holiday special. Holiday special. No, no. We're going to go seven, four, five, one, two, three, six, eight, nine. When it comes out. Mm-hmm. That's a mm-hmm. potential. That's a potential. Mm-hmm. That's a potential mm-hmm. order. Because then you got like flashback on top of flashback. Yeah, aren't you glad you asked, Ryan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Well, 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 it'll you know spark uh, a lot of discussion. Right. Luckily, you got four years, about four or five years, to make this decision. <laughs> which means, by the way, you'll have uh, well, at the rate they're going, you'll probably have. Uh, five new Star Wars films and uh, two live action series, maybe three, and an animated series in there. God knows what you're going to have. And Star Wars to. Land. And Star Wars Land. And here. Star Wars Land. Where does that fall in canon? We'll uh, we'll find out. All right, man. Hey, thank you very much, and congratulations on uh, on your new addition there. 
Thank you very much, guys. All right. Thank you, man. Thanks for calling. Thank you very much. All right. We got a couple more we're going to get in. We're running a little long. We're going to grab these two so that uh, they weren't waiting in vain. This is area code 808. 808. Who's this? Hello, hello. You're on with Rebel Force Radio, 808, last chance. All right, sorry about that. They bailed. All right, let's try uh, 847. 847, you're on with Rebel Force Radio. It's us. Yo, yo. Is that me? Can you hear me? That's you. Hey, this is, uh, yes, this is this is uh, Sean from Chicago. Just calling. Hey, Sean. Sean, all right. Hey, uh, yeah, I'm playing, I'm sitting here playing Star Wars Rebel Assault 2. Oh, okay. you guys. Well, <laughs> fun old game. Rebel Assault 2. That's like an ancient it's game. A, You're about as yeah, cutting edge as Swank. Yeah. <laughs> PlayStation 1. It's like full motion movie. So you kind of, they, they kind of made a little short film that kind of plays through the game. It's kind of cool. That's right. Yeah, I remember that when I used to play that on my PC. And uh, I think yeah, it was notable yeah, I mean, because it was like the first live footage shot of X-Wing pilots since Return of the Jedi at the time it was released. It was, they made a big deal yeah, about it because clearly, it was live action Star Wars. They didn't have much of a budget. You can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I did say it was good live action but... Star Wars. It was, uh, it was CD-ROM worthy uh, for my Gateway yeah, 2000. I, I, just to, I just wanted to call in. I, I, I really liked episode eight um, and it, it just completely freaked me out when fans started getting angry about it. Yeah. It just didn't make any sense to me, and I still don't really understand it. Um, I two two things I think people get wrong. I, I don't think Luke is is necessarily dead. Um, I think maybe Ryan Johnson intended for him to be dead, but I think because the fan reaction's been so so big, I th- I feel like Abrams is going to retcon it. Yeah, um, that's my my personal. But 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 Sean, happen. how do you feel about that? I'm curious because if you're someone that came out of the theater and continued to be someone who, and I completely and 100 percent respect uh, your opinion and your point of view, you're someone that comes out of the theater. You continue to have uh, a, a lot of uh, good feelings towards the film. How does it make you yeah. feel at the prospect of another director coming along and perhaps? undermining or kind of rewriting or retconning the things that you liked about episode eight? Uh, I don't know. I feel like they can, they can keep the, the spirit of what happened. I don't know. I, I think um, Luke dying is kind of like the hand and carbonite moment of mm-hmm. the, of this film where it's like this, like big, like, Oh no, what, what you know, what's going to happen? Luke's our favorite character. He's gone. Um, I think they're going to pull like a Gandalf the White thing or like, you know, the return of Sherlock Holmes where he just, you know, just kind of shows up. And then maybe the first scene in the movie is him uh, talking to the Wills. Maybe they brought him somewhere. You know, you think he, he dies, but he really just gets teleported to, you know, I, 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 it's been a while since I've seen that Clone Wars episode, so I'm not sure exactly how that all works, but, um, Boy, I, I, what you just said, you know, could we be looking at a, in a sense, a repeat or, uh, you know, sort of a, a throwback to Han and Carbonite? Is this Luke and Carbonite? Um, what a, yeah. what an interesting idea, because 
you're right. I mean, now I don't know. I mean, I'd have to ask, you know, uh, Bill and Jim who remember those years between Empire and Jedi. Um, you know, mm-hmm. since I came on the scene, I always knew, having seen Jedi first, that, you know, Han was going to be okay. Um, mm-hmm. But what what were you what were you guys thinking in those years between Empire and Jedi? Did you think that, well, that I think that's it for Han? Or were you thinking that, okay, this is just cliffhanger ending and we're going to meet up with Han at the beginning of the next one? I, the latter, I always, I always knew that he was, he was okay. That it was just a matter of how they were going to get him back. Yeah. Um, I don't, Jim, do you Not ever remember I don't, hearing I never, the death of Han Solo? I no, don't. No, no, I never feared that he, it was just a matter of unfreezing him. He just mm-hmm. needed to be thawed. Yeah. That's all we needed. Cause they said he wasn't dead. Now, are you like said, a lot oh, of Atlanta's people? Like, yeah. Uh, he was in perfect hibernation. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Ooh, that, yeah, that felt good. Like hey, um, were you ever one of those people who thought that Han went into carbon freeze wearing his jacket, and then when he came out, he didn't have it? Were you ever somebody who felt that way, or did you always uh, that he went? Because a lot of people thought he was wearing his jacket. When he got lowered, oh, into so. I think he was just in the white shirt. Now, what about him gaining weight while he was in carbon? Please, can it? And the hairline receding just a little bit. Well, that that I that can, I can understand that, but the uh, the uh, quarter pounders with cheese, uh, I didn't think they could get. You know, do a, I've heard. I've heard. Thing. I'm sorry. Go ahead, uh, Sean. Uh, right. I just wanted to say that the other thing is the whole Ray uh, uh, parents thing. Um, I think she was six when they left her there, right? So this idea that she doesn't know who her parents are seems kind of strange. Um, and a lot of people throw this around. I, I think it's kind of an issue of, I think she, her parents were scrappers. Um, I think they left her there. I think they left her there because they were afraid of her force powers. Um, and they told her they were coming back and, so she's been waiting all those years, and I think she kind of deep down knows they're not coming back. Um, but it, it takes Kylo to, like, tell her to admit it, for her to finally admit it. But I don't think that means she's not important, because I don't think her scrapper parents, her junker parents, or whatever they call them, uh, could be her real parents. It could very well be, like, in every fairy tale, like, the princess mm-hmm. ends up being, you know having to go live in the woods with the, the, the old woodcut cutter couple, you know, mm. um, you know, because the, the evil queen wants to kill the princess. So they have to hide the princess. I feel like well, she could be a clone of Luke. Clone. Um, or she could be, you know, uh, someone else's child, uh, that somehow got lost or abandoned or, you know, I also think if they do go that route, I think DJ is going to be her father or adopted DJ. father. Oh, Benicio del Toro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's interesting. I haven't heard, I haven't heard that one. But see, here's the thing, though. It diminishes Ray's role in this saga because this saga is supposed to be the Skywalker saga. So, mm-hmm. if Ray lacks connection blue. with the Skywalkers. Then she doesn't really fit into this saga. 
So what have we been spending yeah. our time with? Why are we spending our time with her? If, well, unless think, she, I of think, course, uh, is the one who could bring Ben Solo back from the dark side. Yeah, yeah. I, I really think that there's going, Ma, Maz is going to bring, or Maz, Maz is going to have some inform, vital information about the hand, Luke's hand and Luke's lightsaber. Yeah, we were um, waiting for that. It, it, she was flat out asked in The Force Awakens. Yeah. And she said, no, that's well, a story for Ray another gonna, time. I think fans feel otherwise. Yeah. It's like a story for Ray's another time. Go find her. I think it's an, Ray's going to go find her and say, well, number one, how do I fix this lightsaber? And number two, where did you find it? Can so, the lightsaber be repaired? The kyber crystal yeah, is just, clearly sliced in two. Yeah, yeah, and maybe it isn't, but maybe she finds out some vital information about herself or, you know, where the, the lightsaber came from. I don't, I'm just saying all this to say that, like, I have a lot of questions, and I've been having a lot of fun, you know, talking with other fans about what it could be. So it's weird when I go on, on like, forums and stuff, and I hear people saying that there is there are no questions and... You know, episode eight didn't do anything. I yeah. think it did a lot. It did it. It did it in a new way that's never. It did it in a way that's not like any of the other movies. And yeah, I think you, we've kind of gotten to this this thing that like it. Ha- if it's not formulaic, if it's not following this structure, then there's something wrong with it. And I kind of, I kind of like that they're trying new structures. I mean, who knows? Like twenty years from now, we might get another episode eight. It's like copying episode eight. You know, I don't know. That might be kind of a new structure. But. I, you know, I, I I agree with you in part. I mean, they, they definitely. Uh, I, I, th- I initially I felt that they I liked some of the chances they took, and I definitely agree with you about the character of Ray and the in the in terms of how she's been presented. That the identity of her parents is really more of a mystery to us, not really to her. We, there's never been any indication yeah. that she is wondering who they are. And I think there is a very compelling message about the, I think what Last Jedi was trying to express was that um, the, her character should not be uh, defining herself by who her parents were. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think they were trying to tap into a universal message in that. Um, that whole sequence where she's in that cave and, and mm-hmm. she's wishing to see her parents and it's really just a reflection of herself. I thought that that was an exp- kind of a interesting expression of, of yes, you know, don't define yourself by, by what your lineage is. Define yourself by, you know, what you do for yourself and what you create. Um, yeah. But, the other way that could be interpreted is she's trying to see her parents who she thinks are her parents and instead she sees this image of herself which may be hinting that she is some sort of virgin from the force or she is a clone oh. from Luke's hand you know one of those two well do you mean and that, then in that, that she, sense, she, she doesn't have a parent yeah yeah that, that could be and I know, I know that's been tossed around online but I, I think that would be a really interesting take an interesting new character, someone who's a clone, because we know cloning exists, you know, in this universe, so. Well, then who is she remembering as her parents, then? Oh, she's just seeing herself, because in a sense, she doesn't have parents, 
but I think, see, I, I think the Empire found Luke's hand in his lightsaber. And uh, that, that's my theory. Oh, somehow so they got, Maz got the lightsaber, and uh, somehow the child, the clone of Luke that was a mistake because it was a girl, ended up getting adopted by Scrappers. Well, there was that rumor, of course, that The Force Awakens, or Episode 7, was supposed to open up with a shot. You know, Mm -hmm. your traditional opening shot as the letters and words fade away and you you, you scroll toward an object in space, whether it be a planet or a spaceship or what have you. But this time it was supposed to be Luke's hand clutching his saber, floating through space, and then entering into orbit to a planet. And somebody picking it up mm-hmm. and making off with it. So uh, I, I think that was part of uh, the Michael Arndt, George Lucas treatment. And that got yeah, scrapped. They, they ditched that. So, I mean, but if that was already was ditched, the whole idea of it's just been ditched. It's, uh, you know, it's it's hard then to say, well, let's bring that back. Um, because they, they seem pretty firm on the reasons why they didn't want it to be in there. And they opened the movie yeah, with a totally yeah. different sequence. So I like what you're saying. I don't personally think DJ is going to come into play as any sort of profound and uh, big character, though. I, I think that's a long shot. Mm. I think that one is a real long shot on your part. But, hey, you know, anything could happen. Benicio Del Toro is a great actor. And uh, if they chose to bring him back. Her mom being played by the actress who plays Felicity. Right. Uh, it wasn't she cast. Yes, yes. Um, so that might be the parent con- connection where she finds her, you know, old old mother or something, you know. Carrie Russell, yeah. Yeah, she'll Carrie probably, Russell, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, All right. But, uh, also, I want yeah. to play to wear white Darth Vader armor. White Vader armor? Who's going to wear that? Yeah. Princess Leia. I think she should wear a white Darth Vader. Oh, well, that would take care of the whole Carrie Fisher thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's what... Yeah, oh, he, my God, you don't recast. You don't have to do CG. You just put her in a mask. That's she needs brilliant. armor because she's dying from uh, from uh, the space disease or whatever, you know? Ooh, yeah, the, 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 cool. yeah she, the Mary Poppins. Or maybe bandages, just like a mummy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Your like invisible man. Your eyes. <laughs> She's awesome. Bandaged. Hey, Sean, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Great yeah, theories. A lot of fun to talk to you. Thank you so much. Uh, boy, uh, wow. Uh, what a fun, amazing night uh, talking to uh uh, so many of the, of our listeners and uh, I, you know, as we say, look, this is as much about us giving thanks to you as it is anything else. And that's what really started this tradition because uh, the fact is we are uh, by a mile, the number one, most listened to star Wars podcast in the world period bar none, but we're only that because you are out there listening and you are telling your friends and you're spreading the links and you're, uh, letting people know that you listen to this show and that they should as, they should as well. So we thank you so much. It's been uh, an amazing uh, year. I know this is Thanksgiving. We're not necessarily looking at the you know the uh, the end of the year, but in a lot of ways, uh, it kind of is. It's that it's that uh, tentpole moment for us when we talk to you all and we kind of reflect and uh, think about what makes us uh, grateful to uh, uh, be a Star Wars fan, be a part of uh, this. Uh, 
uh, group uh, of characters, and I'm so grateful and so thankful to have people like Jim and Bill uh, uh, hanging with me and that I, that I can hang with uh, each week and talk about one of the things that I love uh, more than anything, and that's these incredible stories, these amazing characters, and the stuff that it can teach us uh, about who we are. And um, I'm just so grateful that there's an audience for it. And as long as you're listening, we're going to keep doing it. So Absolutely. Well said, Jason. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. And uh, thank you, everyone, who uh, participated tonight, either by calling us up live or uh, jumping in on the chat. There was a lot of very spirited conversation going on there. I was peeking in from time to time. So thank you, everyone, for making this such a vibrant and great and positive community of Star Wars fans. And, oh, I'm getting played off by the music. Oh, um, oh, just, oh, this uh, is a long it. bed. This is like a six-minute bed. Yeah, just I go well, for it. I, I just wanted to thank uh, Jason and uh, my brother Bill, my wife Wendy, uh, everyone at uh, in uh, Curaçao and beyond. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, I had a lot of fun tonight, and I hope we can do this again sometime soon. I'd like to make this a, a regular thing where we can open up the... Uh, phone lines and talk to uh, Star Wars fans from everywhere and I just love the element of surprise too you don't know yeah. who's going to be on the line and uh, we talked to some great people tonight thank you so much Adam from Cleveland Frank from Boston Mike from Philly Eric from Phoenix Ryan from Orlando Sean from Chicago um, don't but, forget uh, Andrea oh and and thank you, Puppet Lando. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Puppet Lando. It was great to be here. Also, thanks to our friend uh, Rich from uh, Rich from uh, Wisconsin and Shaz Bazaar checked in too. So, uh, what a killer roster of yeah, fantastic Star Wars fans. And uh, be sure to visit Rancho Obi Wan. I'd like to uh, actually have a Rebel Force Radio hangout there, maybe sometime in 2019. Yeah, that'd be nice. Cool. We got to get Bill out there. That's the yeah. That's been out there. I've never been to San Francisco. So oh man, we got to do it. Love to do it. Got to do it. Uh, all right, just uh, some reminders here. Rebel Force Radio All Access that's available on Patreon, and that's the best way to make sure that you never miss an episode of uh, Rebel Force Radio, including our bonus content like Clo- Clone Wars Declassified Remastered, RFR Rush Hour, RFR Rewind, the RFR Q and A. And so much more that's all available to you at patreon.com slash rebelforceradio. And uh, we do love to hear from you via email or voicemail. The email address, uh, show at rebelforceradio.com. The voicemail line, 708-320-1737. That's 708-320-1RFR. We're on Facebook. We've got a website, rebelforceradio.com. We're on iTunes. That's a great place to subscribe and review Rebel Force Radio. We love those reviews. They help us. Just one rule, please. Make them good. And you can find Rebel Force Radio streaming online at WGNplus.com. We're on YouTube, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and, well, anywhere you can find podcasts these days. We are everywhere you are. So there's no excuse to not listen. We appreciate your support so very much so we will see you 
next time here on Rebel Force Radio. So happy, happy, happy Thanksgiving. Love you all so much. Until next time, I'm Jason. I'm Jimmy Mack. And I'm Billy Mack. And remember, the Force will be with you always.